another week. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna cry? Are we gonna are we gonna hide in our homes with our heads in the sand? You know how you keep a lot of sand in your home. You got your sandbox room in the back, and you just stick your head in it, and you don't come out because you like to play ostrich. This is not the ostrich podcast. This is something else entirely. This is the Mad About Mad About You podcast, and no ostrich is allowed. If you are an ostrich, if you have an ostrich, please. Turn this podcast off immediately after rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts. Good idea, John? No. <laughs> Don't do that. It's a Don't bad attitude. It's a bad... <laughs> if Mad About You was a final frontier, we're traveling outside of time and space here. So let's break it down now. It's just what we do. about you you sound like a horrible mean cynical host <laughs> i'm not i just i just got a beef against the ostriches yeah why take it easy <laughs> what <are> you don <laughs> imus <laughs> take a chill pill <laughs> yeah i'm the don imus of the ostrich world <laughs> the recap world yeah. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Mad About Mad About You. <laughs> you call them feather-headed ducks. <laughs> <laughs> these, these big walking ducks. Oh, it's hard you to can talk ride about them. a scandal involving um, racist language because you can't describe it. <laughs> That's true. But everyone remembers what Don Imus I forgot said about Don Imus's, ago, right? <laughs> I forgot about his racist thing. That was big. And that's also not good. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, the cranky old dude. I was like, oh, right. Yes, he got fired for being a large jerk. It's okay that you forgot. Well, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Nobody listened. Well, no, you know what? I bet people listening to this remember, but nobody else does. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to Mad About Mad About You, your weekly Mad About You recap podcast. My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. John, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. <laughs> you want to say an anecdote? I don't know that I have an anecdote. Not a lot going on. I had a I had a busy week with rehearsals and performances. <laughs> this is <laughs> well, we yeah. got a Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, the answer, the answer to your question is, do I have an anecdote? No, because had, other than see, that. I had a doctor's appointment on Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. recapping the things I did. <laughs> oh, I had quite a lunch. Uh, quite a lunch. I ate lunch. I, I treated myself. They was like, oh, you've got the, if you have the chicken tortilla soup, I'm going to eat it, you know? Oh, this is bleak. <laughs> lunch talk really depresses me. Uh, that's fair. Isn't that weird? Or is that not weird? I'm not going to prescribe a moral judgment on lunch talk i think that's a good call it's neither weird nor not weird it just is no no on my feeling about yeah your feelings talk. yeah yes your your feelings your feelings regarding lunch talk are valid whatever they are thanks unless you're like oh lunch talk i think those makes people should be shot <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> lunch talk fills me with a murderous rage <laughs> and it's nice to have your support <laughs> Russ is on record for backing me. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we watched an episode of Mad About You for a change, and it was episode two, or rather, I'm sorry. <laughs> Season two, episode Season 16. Season two, episode this 16. This isn't the second episode of the podcast. No, it is episode 38 of Mad About Mad About You. Wow. 
season two, episode sixteen of Mad About You. We're yeah, getting close to that two hundred mark. We we are <laughs> every now and again. I'm just like, wow, we've done a lot of these, and even today I was like, wow, thirty eight. That's not a small. That's not number. an insignificant number. No, no. And then today I double checked the amount of episodes of Mad About You. Yeah, how many are there? One hundred and sixty four. Uh, we'll never make 200. Not ever. We'll literally never make 200. And I'm just like, oh, we, it feels like, it feels like not even a dent through well, the I podcast. Well, I don't know. 164 divided yeah. by four. Oh, we're three away from 25% done. That, first of all, that's very impressive. Quick math. I use the calculator. <laughs> so it's less impressive. Okay. Well, I knew where the buttons were. <laughs> Oh, excuse me, your highness. I didn't realize. <laughs> Mr. Stephen Hawking over here knows where the buttons are. You want to see some fast math. When I was in high school, our Western school in Japan had a computation contest with using calculators with the Japanese school next door that used abacuses. Oh, my gosh. And they mopped the floor with us. Wow. I actually would like to see that. I might have to YouTube that because I'm sure it's available to watch. Oh, there's got to be endless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably like the Rubik's Cube thing. It's like, look how yeah. fast this guy uses this crazy device. Did you see that Rubik's Cube video from a few weeks ago where some kid broke the record? No. The, there's a video that was I, I saw on the internet. Some kid broke the Rubik's Cube record and like he hits the button and he broke it by like a few fractions of a second. And people were like, you know, it's in public. Because it was right. at a convention, and people see it, and he gets a like an ovation. ovation. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, oh, yeah, and everybody freaks out. I'm like, that's uh, and you know, little <laughs> little kids uh. and 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 teenagers. Just go, yeah, all right, man. That's ah. awesome. It was, it was really sweet. I mean, if you schlep all the way there, you're probably really into the cube. You gotta be really into the cube. <laughs> you're living cube that heads. cube life. That cube life. <laughs> <laughs> Today was a yellow day. Hashtag cube life. <laughs> Oh my gosh. How do I so get the this... reds out of these whites? Hashtag cube light. <laughs> that sounds like hashtag right wing cube light. That does actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh Finish gosh. the cube. <laughs> In fact, you know what? The more I think about it, the very nature of a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Look, it is look at how great this is. Yeah. All of the reds on one right, side, all right. of the yellows on another. The blues, the greens, nothing's intermingling. That's how you know we are done. <laughs> oh, you know what? I hate that kid now. Yeah, me too. And all those Nazis cheering for him. <laughs> <laughs> if you, look, all I'm saying is if you see a Rubik's Cube enthusiast, punch a Rubik's Cube enthusiast. Yeah, you hear that, Antifa? We fought the war. You think it's so a that coincidence? we could punch Rubik's Cube enthusiasts? You think it's a coincidence that uh, this kid broke the record after Donald Trump got elected? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what did we watch? Cold Feet, it was called. Cold Feet was the name of the episode. Which is a pun. We'll find out. Is it? Not a pun. A play on words. We'll double check in on that, too. I Oh, oh no, you're right. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I was silly. Yes. <laughs> just because I didn't think of it immediately. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know if you're correct, John. No, I just didn't think of it. But you're you know, right. If you thought before you talked. We wouldn't have a podcast. So, uh, <laughs> so this episode premiered on February 10th, 1994. What did TV Guide have to say about it? Paul and Jamie recall the day they moved in together and Paul proposed. 
I don't think you need the second part. Look, you don't need it, but it did happen, and it's a big deal. Yeah, you could also right. say you could also say you don't need the first part. You don't actually. You're right. The second part yeah. is way more important than the first part. I think they are both equally important, <sighs> and that's why they're both there. I think this. I frankly think they nailed this one. Well, it also doesn't hold up in 2017. <laughs> Why not? Well, because bo these events now, for most many couples, at least in New York, occur very far apart from each other. So uh, for both to happen true. in one I... episode, it's like, what, 22 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Frankly, there are some plot holes that I think, and logical fallacies that I think were even the case at the time Disagree. back in 94. We'll get there. <laughs> we're going to get uh, there. Overall, not a bad description. No. I do think... I'd be remiss. Well, they were remiss in not pointing. I don't out want. I don't want anybody to be remiss. That this was not a special Valentine's Day episode. They should so have mentioned that. So to you, the fact that it's Valentine's Day was more important than the fact that they moved in together and or got engaged. You know what I realized in the context of reading the TV Guide during Valentine's Day week, you would assume based on the description that it was a Valentine's Day episode. Also true. That's a great point. Okay. Hey, you got you bested me, TV Guide. We... <laughs> Once every 28, bad. <laughs> oh, man. What was on TV? You're watching NBC. Well, a couple things were on TV. I cheated a little bit, but I don't think I cheated. I think I'm going to change my parameters a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to cheat when you make the rules. When you make the rules, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you diet cheated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had a little snack from a cheese plate. No lunch talk. But it's... A... <laughs> Oh my God, John's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so that night on CBS was a TV movie. It was Gunsmoke, oh. One Man's Justice. But not a reunion, like new actors. I don't know. I think it may have been a continuation. With no Clint Eastwood, though. I don't know. Was Clint Eastwood in oh, was the he original? In Rawhide? I don't know. He was in a lot of things. I don't think he was. Gunsmoke was on television for 20 years. Oh, it was? Yes, it's the longest years. running. Yeah, I think it's either the longest or second longest. It had the record that was rivaled by uh, Law and Order. Oh my! Well, so it's either number soaps? one or number two. Oh, because it was on at night. Yeah, prime time. And this is a movie continuation of that. So I'm not sure if it's different actors. I'm not sure if it's the same actors. I didn't go into it too much. I didn't watch <laughs> yeah, it. Clint, what a cursory glance you took. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I'm because, not sure like it's I said, actually related to the TV show. I, I all I know is it was something called Gunsmoke. Anyway. Yeah, because yeah, because we're not going to talk about this. I'm just going to say that this was on that night. Clint Eastwood was an extra in an episode of Albert Hitchcock Presents. <laughs> really? Oh, that his is show is Rawhide. I got Rawhide okay. mixed up with Gunsmoke. Happens all the time. Yeah, because they're both boring Western TV shows. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I enjoyed watching Return to Lonesome Dove so much. Right. I was just like, ooh, I'll do that. I'll watch this whole thing. And I found it. But I couldn't carve out an hour and a half to watch this Western. And I, know, I guess you had I... all those rehearsals. Yeah. <laughs> so many meals to yeah, eat. Yeah, tortilla soup. Uh... <laughs> and so I was just like, because I of the way my dumb head works, I'm like, well, look, if I can't watch this entire Western movie, I'm not going to talk about it on the show. So let's see what else is going on. Okay. So I looked at I looked at the week in full. Okay. I look back, yeah. Which I think cheating. is well, uh, well, it's just different from that's what, what I've what done. I, do. I know that's why that's why I felt okay about doing it. Don't go beyond that though. No, <laughs> this, I'm drawing the line. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I looked a couple of days prior, and on February 8th on Fox, 
on Tuesday night, there was a show called Monty. That rings a bell. Monty starred Henry Winkler as a conservative conservative talk show host. What? Yeah, and it was a comedy, and it starred Henry. Rush Limbaugh. His family's rather liberal. (laughs) Yeah, well, it started... (laughs) Including his son's radically left-wing girlfriend. This is amazing. It was not. David Schwimmer. Yeah. Kate Burton. John, I appreciate you doing my job for me. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Black. (laughs) Was it an episode? David Krumholtz was in this. Yeah, who is that? He is from, he's from Numbers. He was in Adam's Family Values. Numbers? Who cares about yeah. Numbers? Wasn't that a On, TV show about crime solving? Yes. You're saying, you're speaking so dismissively about it. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I, it was. No reason, was in, I'm not. <laughs> he, was, he was in many different things. He's, he's, a, he's a great actor. He's really funny. Mark was Lawrence. In, um, I'm thinking of Mike Lawrence. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of, well, I don't know who you're thinking of. Mike Lawrence, I think, is Scrubs. Mark Lawrence yes. looks like Family Ties. Yeah, he did a little bit on Family Ties. Sorry, and what were you going to say? I was going to say all the things that you just said. <laughs> so moving on. No, Wait, uh, <laughs> no, this is really a fun one. It was fun. I want to see this show. Could you find it, it anywhere? Yeah, there's the, the pilots on YouTube. How was it? Not very good. Here's the other details about <laughs> the show. He, uh, Henry Winkler stars as Monty Richardson, a loud, obnoxious conservative TV commentator who had also written a best-selling book titled I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, shut up. (laughs) Show also starred David Schwimmer as his left-leaning son. This is a great summation. Monty hoped to capitalize on the same family dynamic that made the television show All in the Family a success in the 1970s. However, the show was canceled after six episodes. Oh, really? Yes. Because according to this, they shot 13, according to IMDb. They did. Yeah. And more than half of them are just like, nope, didn't make it to air. Oh, like the Paul Reiser show. Yeah. My dream, we're still, I think we're going to do this. We're going to do 164 episodes talking about Mad About You. And then our second podcast is going to be two episodes long. And we're going to cover the entire run of the Paul Reiser show. I mean, that's my dream, but there's no way to get them. <laughs> we'll figure it out. There's a way. Okay. We're going to finish. I don't think there we're, is. <laughs> we're going to finish this podcast up in about seven years. So who knows where technology and streaming deals will be by then. So don't you sweat I it. don't think that one's going to happen, but okay, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> The reception for this show, they said the series was carried on NBC's development slate in 1993 before Fox began airing the show in 1994. On what, NBC? Yeah. Wow. Variety stated that while the show was cliched, it had funny moments and that lead actor Henry Winkler did, quote, just fine. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I watched the pilot and on its face, like, there are jokes in this show that the first few minutes... I was laughing. I'm like, okay, David Krumholtz is his son. He's funny. There are a million funny elements to this show. Right. Which put together were not good. But, you know, David Krumholtz says, I hear enough about you all day. My teachers hate you. My friends hate you. You know how mom feels. Mom hates him? Yeah, that's the implication. Okay. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Then they just pile on stupid, stereotypical right-wing jokes. They get a phone call, and he answers, and he says, Greenpeace, well, we just sat down to dinner, and you know how whale tastes if it gets too cold. Oh, man. Right? Kate Burton shows up as his wife. They talk a little bit. They disagree a little bit. It's funny, I guess. She says to him, you could make dinner, too. And he pipes back, but you're the woman. Oh, he said it. And then he throws the phone at her and says, here, call Hillary. 
Clinton? Yeah. Wow. It's a Hillary Clinton joke back there about the sexism, about people who, about how women belong in the kitchen. This show's exhausting. It was terrible. It was really rough. Because Archie Bunker was very loving. Yes. He was, That's the we difference. Don't, we don't get that for one second. Right. And also, Archie Bunker felt real, and Henry Winkler really doesn't. Right. It feels like a liberal caricature of a conservative yes. show host. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, it's a rough performance. Yeah, I don't want to watch this anymore. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not the best. You know, later there's the line, David Schumer comes back from a trip abroad to Germany where he meets a girl. I wish he said And the China. girl is there. <laughs> the country? The, no, a big, a, big, <laughs> a big pile of plates in my mom's break front. How do I remember those lines? I didn't know you were going to say that. I knew the line that came after it, though. I mean, me too. They're that is terrifying, John. Yeah. You know, so the girlfriend Gina arrives, and she's wearing flannel, and she has a nose ring. Oh, my gosh. Henry Winkler does not handle it well. Gina's a vegetarian, and so is David Schwimmer now. You know what this is? This Bad? is essentially family ties if you swap Alex P. Keaton and his dad. See, that's the thing. You're, you're right. In a way. Family, but well, Keaton also family, is not a caricature. Right. And family ties, they did that. on That was a deliberate choice. They said the same thing, basically, regarding All in the Family. They were like, what if you took All in the Family, except instead of having a conservative father and a liberal son oh, right. yeah. you had the parents who were big hippies and the son is a conservative. Right. That's a funny dynamic. And that is a funny dynamic yeah. because it inverts expectations. And then I guess he was just like, hey, he forgot that that was yeah, an inversion. Right. That's right. And he was just like, hey, we did that great thing on Family Ties. What if we flipped it? <laughs> We're like, well, that's the norm. <laughs> yeah, right. And he also forgot to make it funny or engaging. Well, he was like, yeah, let's make dad a monster that his whole family hates. <laughs> yeah, they never. we never really, they, uh. they, at the end of it, because, you know, the standard thing happens where, you know, the girlfriend, they say the girlfriend Oh, she met David Schwimmer in a one-woman play that she wrote and directed, and she was naked in it. Monty says, you're a stripper. Oh, excuse me, an exotic dancing engineer. Ugh. That's where I wrote, this show is gross and upsetting. It is an angry show. Well, thank you for bringing it to our attention. For sure. I'll be sure to not look out for it. Yeah, do that. See, Yeah, see if you can avoid this six-episode show that is buried on YouTube with the pilot being in two parts. <laughs> Yeah, my last note on it was, they're getting married. This show sucks. Uh, uh, <laughs> there you go. Watch Gunsmoke. Don't watch Monty. Monty. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers and jeers. <laughs> <laughs> what was in the news, John? From WNBC-TV, this is News 4 New York with Chuck Scarborough and Pat Harper. Boy, I'm going to have a hard time narrowing this down because, boy, were there some stories. But let me let me get through as many of these as I can and ask Please. you about one in particular. This wasn't okay. what the story was about. The story All was right. about the suspension, the ongoing suspension of a Met named Brett Saberhagen. Yes, he sprayed bleach at reporters. <laughs> <laughs> what I wrote in my notes was... <laughs> Hey, Russ, since you're the expert on the little group of misbehaving monster domestic terrorists called the Mets, are you familiar with the <laughs> Brett Saberhagen bleach spraying incident? Uh, you know what? I got this one. I jeopardied this one. Or you sure I, did. I, you cut, yeah. <laughs> what is spray bleach at the reporters in July? Yeah. <laughs> Metstrosities yeah. for 200, Alex. 
<laughs> oh yeah. He was the best pitcher in baseball the year before he became a Met. And oh, then he no. became a Met and I guess he was okay, maybe for a few years, but uh-huh. also mostly we remember him for spraying bleach at reporters. Oh, oh and gosh. nobody remembers this. He had a cameo in the Albert Brooks movie, The Scout. The Scout. With, with uh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Plays what, a baseball scout? Yes. <gasps> I would watch that. It's fun. It's not the best, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's all I need. And, you, and you'll get to see this horror monster, Brett Saberhagen. Oh, right, right, right. On his best behavior, I bet. On a, absolutely. Dateline. Go ahead. On Sunday, Dr. Telephone explains it all for you. (laughs) Weary from painting Lolita's toenails in the motel room? Call Telmed. What a weird example of an activity. (laughs) Also, it sounds like a creep. (laughs) Because Lolita's an underage girl, typically. Yes. Where do we go from here? (laughs) Nowhere related to that. I just never... Really? Yeah, I skimmed the article so quickly I didn't notice how weird that was until just now. Call Telmed at 212-434-3200. Tried, doesn't work anymore. A uh, wondrous telephone encyclopedia of health advice and punch-in directory number 175, titled, quote, Fears of the After 40 Man. Listen to the recording of professional counseling worthy of Humbert Humbert. That's a reference I don't get. Do you? That's also Lolita. Wait, is it really? Yeah, that's the main character in Lolita, besides Lolita. But yeah, that's the narrator. Why are they so focused on Lolita stuff? Well, they've also pointed out that he's in his 40s. Are they going to get into stuff involving young girls? No. Because that's the missing link. No. This is a weird story. (laughs) Francis X. Kleins, the journalist, what were you up to? (laughs) This is... Oh, he still works there. What a weird that most such fears follow largely from our youth-oriented culture. Uh, listen to the recording of professional counseling that most such fears follow largely from our youth-oriented culture. Fears of the after okay. forty man, right? Okay. Or youth-oriented vo- culture. Okay, we're talking about youths. Or so- kind of. So- or sample the voice of Dr. Donald Douglas, who cleverly speaks in soothing natural pauses over at recording number two seventy-five, so that your quote. Your unconscious mind and I can have an understanding as he offers baritone strophes of lulling advice on how to fall asleep. It may not be necessary to finish this recording, he confidently predicts, leaving nothing in the way of the arms of Morpheus, but perchance call waiting. This is one. This this is maybe the most overwritten thing I've ever heard. (laughs) So basically, this is. Some guy's going to bore you to sleep and he's going to leave you in the loving arms of Morpheus? Holy crap. This is essentially pre-internet technology. Yeah. It's WebMD over the phone. It's WebMD and a sleep app. And it was created by Lenox Hill Hospital. (laughs) And here's a little soundbite, which you will never hear, Russ, until you listen to the episode. (laughs) Oh, great. From an original ad advertising this service in 1977. Can't wait. Telmed. A service called Telmed, a collection of taped sound messages, answers to commonly asked questions, extends information to people in their homes. Telmed, may I help you? Could I have some information about sore throats, please? I think so. Sore throat can be a symptom or the beginning of a wide range of diseases. Telmed, may I help you? May I please hear the tape on headaches? Here you are. The pain itself is usually in the blood vessels or in the muscles of the head. But this goes all the way through. Wake up. Wake up, everybody. Wake up. (laughs) The podcast is back. Wake up. (laughs) You sounded like Samuel L. Jackson and do the right thing. (laughs) Wake up. (laughs) 
<laughs> in a left spirit? hand says love, right hand says hate. Wow, That's you got a him. good memory. Uh, well, it's a it's a very important movie. It is. <laughs> sorry, film. Double sorry, joint. It's a very important <laughs> joint. You sound sarcastic, but I don't think you're being sarcastic. No, it's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Even if you're not sick, the Telmet experience is at least more eclectic and informative than listening to the all-talk radio triumphalism of Giuliano's... Oh, this is... What are you talking about? Okay. I'm just going to go to the little clips I took out of this crazy story that I hate now. Okay. This guy can't focus on anything. So just listen to some of these topics. Who? Him or you? Oh, here's another crazy thing. <laughs> I'm skipping it, though. Okay. Oh, boy. It's so politically loaded. This thing's about squeegee men now. You haven't said a sentence yet. <laughs> That's the problem with knowing the news before everyone else. Oh, my God. <laughs> so number 306, if you punch it in, they explain wisdom teeth. Number 750, the pangs of a teenager whose life view, callers are warned, can be that, quote, his parents are creeps whose time is past. <laughs> That's so funny and weird. Note taking is advised, although indiscriminate sampling of the telephone buttons can jumble important advice. Was that jotting about, quote, the experienced man doesn't hurry from the recording on spotting a mugger or from that one on exciting a partner? <laughs> you got to you got to keep those things. They're straight. so. Yeah, that's true. That shouldn't be in the same paragraph. Figure yeah. figure out the difference. If you can't tell the difference from that note, go to yeah. jail. Yeah. Yes. You're yeah. going to. <laughs> The weaning tape is as lyrical a distraction as the athlete's foot tape is not. There's wow. a tape called Dreams, where they explain the difference between nightmares and night terrors. Holy. Who? Look, you know what, though? This. I just can't believe how varied you, these topics this feels, are. This feels almost like the virtual reality menu. Yes, that's true. Yes, like all over the place. Yeah. yeah night. Right. N night colon terrors. Night colon mares. Like, what do you want to have? Would you like to have a night terror or a nightmare? They're different. Would you like to find out how? Go to this bus stop. Ew. Okay, so this is a paragraph about tears, but he ends it with, reach for a Kleenex, call Telmed, quote, enjoy yourself, as one of the sexuality tapes concludes with a bit of check, cheek. No. I hate this story. I'm sorry I read it. I, uh, the Telmed oh thing's interesting, God. but I'm so, <laughs> I don't like Gross. that guy. It's weird. This this dude is, you're, and you're right. This has nothing, nothing to do. Nothing to do. Why would you start with Lolita? You know what? He must just be reading Lolita. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dateline. I'm kind of like the Nabokov of uh, oh, that's of, Nabokov? Of doctor phone calls. Yeah, that you have covering to make. the health beat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dateline, you said? Sure did. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Egg cream diaspora, bottling of a city nectar. <laughs> Another egg cream story. Yeah, baby. When three weeks ago, yeah, because we talked about it. When yeah. three weeks ago, this column took account of Jerry Frank, an Oregonian author of A Guide to New York City. That's the one we talked about, right? I think so. Who claimed Maybe. the best egg cream was at Moishe's Luncheonette. That sounds familiar. 15 readers wrote to say the Moishe's was defunct and had been replaced by a Chinese restaurant. You can get uh -huh. great egg drop from there, not egg creams, row one man. <laughs> <laughs> wrote the funniest man on the planet. <laughs> I'll skip ahead. This is essentially... This is about an egg cream guy <laughs> named, oh yeah, he's got a business called Jeff's Amazing New York Egg Cream, because it turns out that as soda fountains vanish, egg creams are coming back. And oh. at this moment, egg creams are being bottled and distributed throughout the country. 
The Jeff of the bottled egg cream is Jeff Glotzer, a 42-year-old Brooklyn native whose company, Egg Cream America... <laughs> that is shooting for the stars. ...maintains offices. No, it's not. Egg Cream World would be shooting for the stars. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but also, like, where are you going to be putting egg creams in Wichita, Kansas? <laughs> well, wait. You just wait. Nebraska, best-selling egg cream, strawberry. Get out of here. I won't. He's made a fool of me. He said, I grew up in Midwood section of Brooklyn. I drank egg creams at Benny's, the Paradise, dozens of places. That's <laughs> like the way people talk about nightclubs at gangster yeah. movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, I had an egg cream at the Copa. Yeah, we were drinking egg creams at Benny's, the Paradise, <laughs> dozens of places. <laughs> the world was our oyster. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be an egg cream bottler and supplier. <laughs> Rags to riches. <laughs> Fizz. Then I went to the university. <laughs> he knew how to squeeze the chocolate syrup in there just right. <laughs> we called a... him Johnny Ubet. <laughs> we called him that because he knew that Ubet was the only kind of chocolate syrup that you could <laughs> make in an egg cream. <laughs> hey, Johnny, let me get that with Hershey's. <laughs> and he just shoots him. Kosher, not kosher. We didn't care. <laughs> All these guys cared about was they were getting the chocolate fizz. <laughs> this is this is dated in two ways. <laughs> Doing Goodfellas spoofs should have peaked in 1995. Well, that's perfect. Doing we're ahead of our time. Doing them about egg creams. <laughs> What is that median year like 1976? No, that actually feels like the perfect <laughs> thing for this article, then. <laughs> and you the might time be and right. place that we're covering. You might be right. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, oh, he went to University of New Mexico to study anthropology. Then when he came back to New York, all the egg cream joints were gone. Oh. And he went into the quote export business. No importing, just exporting. No importing, just. Oh, okay. <laughs> they started selling in 1990. They had three target areas, which are really funny <laughs> New York, Florida, and California. Basically. <laughs> that sounds right. Dude knows what's up. He knows where Jews move. <laughs> yeah, where they start and where they end. <laughs> oh, where they start and where they go is very funny. <laughs> but pretty soon we got included in the Hammaker. How do you say it? Hammaker Slummer? Schlummer? Hammaker Schlummer. Yeah, Hammaker Schlummer catalog. Do you imagine? You're flipping through. <laughs> Saws. Right. Slippers. Egg creams. <laughs> Egg creams. They offer a case the of 24 three. bottles for 30 bucks. Bloomingdale's also started carrying the line. Now distributed in 31 states. In Nebraska, the favorite flavor is strawberry. That is very interesting. I would love to see them. I'll bet you could see this in on Shark Tank. I don't think it would make it through now. You're probably right. I went to their website. It's very dated, and I tried to order one just out of curiosity. It just says, mm -hmm. we're out of stock. Email us at AOL.com. <laughs> this is the quote I love. While people in Chicago drank black cows, which are scoops of ice cream and root beer, I didn't know that, and Bostonians drank phosphates and fraps, which are sodas and milkshakes, and New Yorkers had their egg creams. Until recent times, no New Yorker was ever far from an egg cream. And teenagers argued over which store made the best ones. <laughs> Until recently? Yeah, no, they didn't. I don't know about recently. I don't know if they did ever. <laughs> you don't know what the hell you're talking about. The best egg cream... <laughs> No, you know what? No, I'll bet that they did. I'll, I, I'll I do bet. too. In the, I will. Yeah, I think all of those people went out west when the Dodgers moved to to Los Angeles uh, in 1956. Yeah, like that. I go where the team goes. <laughs> yeah, and that's when the egg cream talk vanished. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, out there, there's like, there's no roofs to stand on. <laughs> Dateline. Go ahead. Beliefs, the funniest rabbi contest. When it comes to stand up comedy, most should sit down. Oh my God. <laughs> there may be I, am, I am not ready for this article. <laughs> there may be a lot of witty rabbis around, but two out of three have no future as stand up comedians. That rule emerged on Monday from round two of the funniest rabbi in New York contest. Two out of three? <laughs> so that means one out of three rabbis could be a professional stand-up comedian? Yeah, that's exactly what that means. Oh, wow, this guy's organized. I didn't know this. So the guy who produced it, Kerry Hoffman, owner of Stand Up New York, has organized competitions for the funniest lawyer, the funniest Wall Streeter, the funniest taxi driver, parentheses, English language division. <laughs> Yikes. And funniest police officer. He's also done funniest unemployed person, a particularly handy category since it includes most stand-up comedians. Oh my gosh. Funniest feature writer. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Ooh. Admits failure at finding recruits for funniest undertaker. (laughs) Wow. Oh, well, that's easy. It's the undertaker, the wrestler. Yeah. (laughs) But he has a surplus of contenders for funniest accountant. I'll bet he does. Okay, so I couldn't find any clips of this contest, but I just want to put in a little clip of a funniest rabbi competition that has an enormous YouTube presence, the Cleveland Rabbi Funny <laughs> Cleveland Funniest Rabbi Stand Up Comedy Contest. I, does he have a name? He must have a name, or, or is it a contest? Oh uh, no, it is a people. contest. The man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that this this stand up comedian goes by the Cleveland Rabbi, Doctor Kiva <laughs> Stoll. Sure. Uh, from 2013, is about to do a, a brief joke on opening a synagogue in a Christian neighborhood in Cleveland, Ohio. I can't wait. <laughs> I, I helped found the congregation Shir Shalom about 14 years ago. And when we first came to Bainbridge Township, the Christian community there was very welcoming, gracious, most hospitable. They invited us over for kittle and sponge cake. <laughs> we make that stuff taste like cardboard. <laughs> you should see what they do to it. <laughs> we reciprocated, of course. We brought over some matzah. <laughs> Between the kettle and the sponge cake and the matzah, Tums. Now you, of course, Russ, can't hear this joke. <laughs> I cannot. Until but we I'm figure very, out how to do this better. I've never been more excited than I am right now to hear this. In Let a few me days. put it to you this way: the audience goes nuts. I don't know that I really get the joke. <laughs> I can't wait. Which is most of the set. I will check in. Also, he looks like Groucho Marx. And I asked Christina right. if she thought it was on purpose or not. And she was like, no, I think that's just how he is. <laughs> he's got a mustache, a cardigan, and a cigar. I uh, could go either way. Is it a real mustache? Yeah. Okay. I think it's... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> John, I'm afraid that's just the Jew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing. <laughs> Thanks for playing Just the Jew. This hits home particularly for me because you're speaking to the funniest person at my office. Job, that's right. Yes, from a few years ago. Yeah, you had a, you won, right? I won. We did. We had a last comic standing competition for charity. Hey, Russ. Thank yes, sir. God you won. 
that you are not kidding. Everyone's if having I, a good time. For you, the stakes are through the roof. <laughs> yeah. People are just like, oh, I'll go. I'll support people who I know, or I'll give money to this thing. Like, I I'm perform like, at a theater once a week. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if I don't win this, yeah. <laughs> if I'm not funnier I to quit than, than these suits and old people, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what happens after that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Wait, listen to this. The winner, Rabbi Robert Harris, offered recollections that range from his working on a dairy farm kibitz near Nazareth. Someone suggested naming it Cheeses of Nazareth, which is a joke that former pod member Brett Oresco loves to make. <laughs> to the first synagogue service he conducted, quote, very often I outnumbered the congregation. Oh, Rabbi Harris is not defending his title, although he has done occasional gigs since his victory. He found stand-up comedy to be time-consuming and distracting from his family life, rabbinical responsibilities, and doctoral studies. Good yeah, for him. Yeah, it's a job. That's right. It's a job. You got to pound the pavement. Hold, though. Uh-oh. Besides, he recently formed a rock band. I'm a, done. With, this is the no, end? No. I, <laughs> I have to get to the end of this paragraph. <laughs> with a Jesuit-educated Catholic businessman on bass guitar and a rabbi friend from the East Village on drums, lead guitar is played by Eve Weiss, a classical musician who says she always had fantasies of being a rock star. The group, known as Shake Rabbis and Roll... Oh! <laughs> I wasn't ready! <laughs> I tried! I wasn't ready! Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't try YouTubing them. What?! It's all I want to do. <laughs> What's annoying is a lot of shake, rattle, and roll comes up because YouTube doesn't believe us. <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. You find them? You've got the face of a person who found them. Rise, guys, and rise, gals. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number one on the top billboard hit. <laughs> you can't stop now from shake, rabbis, and roll. This was from their album called Tales from the Upper West Side. I, the I whole can't. album's on YouTube. There's Wonderful. a track called I Ain't No Captain Kirk. <laughs> 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 oh, there's one called He Said, She Said. Uh-oh. There's one called Junk Mail Blues. <laughs> <laughs> there's one called I'm Sorry. There's one called Forgive Me. <laughs> <laughs> They were like, well, most of our songs revolve around our lives, you know, so uh, marriage and customer service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then Holy the last story, God. which I won't really get into, but apparently in 1994, the NYPD made trading cards for their officers to hand out to kids. 
Great. To get the kids more familiar with the cops. Need them, got them, got them. And they're not available for sale anywhere because I tried. I desperately need to get my hands on I know, right? It reminded me of the uh, rabbi trading cards from, uh, oh, the Ben Stiller movie that you you misidentified last time, but might identify this time. Along came Polly. Oh, right, right, right. Just kidding. I was joking, Russ. You don't remember what I'm talking about? Leave a face. I remember. Now I see what you're saying. Yes. (laughs) That's very funny. (laughs) That's very funny. John, I was trying to think of my own thing. (laughs) (laughs) This is my segment. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Is that not great when somebody jumps all over your segment? (laughs) I didn't know you were going to say all that stuff. <laughs> How should I know? I didn't know you were going to talk about the actors. <laughs> That's all the news that's fit to print. Oh, great. Let's oh shake Rabbi gosh. and roll. I would love... Oh, man. We've got to get shake Rabbi and roll. And Oh, we've the, got to get them on the podcast. we got to get them on the podcast. we got to find... Uh, we got to play them, and we also have to play the... Oh, gosh. What was the, the running drummers? Yes, the running the drummers. Name? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the demon, amazing name. demon drummers? The demon drummer, right? I think something like that. Something yeah. like that. We gotta we gotta put together a greatest hits album. <laughs> we gotta put together <laughs> our soundtrack. Well, yeah, we covered the Mad About You soundtrack. Yeah. We gotta do the Mad About Mad About You soundtrack. Yeah. I can't wait. This is really going to happen. All right. So we watched this episode of this show. Cold Feet, directed by the Cats Man. Tommy yes. Slami. Mm-hmm. Written by whom? Jeffrey Lane and Danny Jacobson. So you know it's special. It's a good one. You know if they're behind it. Yes, yes. It's we start this one. Did you watch? The DVD had an intro. Did you watch it? I sure did. Thank you for reminding me that it did, because I otherwise would not have watched it for sure. Well, here's the thing about it. They post the intro after the title of the actual episode, which is not where introductions should go. I don't know what you mean. I mean, if it's like in the listing, it says like, you know, episode one, episode two, episode three, cold feet. Introduction to episode three, cold feet. That sounds right. Paul and Helen. But that it should be should called go, introduction. That's the problem. It should not. It should either be because it's a recap. And it contains spoilers. Yeah, there's spoilers. Which I wasn't expecting. The uh, Yeah, there are spoilers and it shouldn't ha- be called an introduction because, you know, because also, yeah, it's got spoilers and it's listed, like I said, after the title yeah, of the episode. Discussion. It's a discussion. Yeah. 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 So it's not an intro. I take that back. The discussion with Paul and Helen. Great. Let's force our language on them. <laughs> it's hosted by, again, once again, by lecherous professor Richard Brown from NYU. Yeah, he's probably best friends with that journalist who wrote the Telmed story. <laughs> 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 he wants to talk about how they actually shot at Rockefeller <sighs> Center. You know, Russ, I don't know. Yeah. It's not fair to say this. We host mm-hmm. a podcast that picks apart minutia. I used to love mm-hmm. behind the scenes things. Mm-hmm. There's something about the second this interview started that made me so bored and annoyed. And like, who cares? Well, isn't that they funny? Didn't, I was like, who no, cares? Well, they didn't really talk about anything special for this episode. I think if you had watched the thing for the last episode, the, the virtual one. reality episode, yeah, you would have been like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that is very gross. You would have had opinions about things. With the exception of the fact that, as we've learned from TV Guide, they both move in together and get engaged and, in this episode. Yes, right. That, that makes it important, but nothing noteworthy happens in the episode true or nothing or no yeah nothing nothing discussion worthy nothing discussion worthy happens in the episode. <laughs> you we now bring you uh, one hour <laughs> one hour of discussion about this episode uh, which starts with a critique of someone else's much shorter discussion 
<laughs> yeah, it starts with us talking about how how much we hate the boring three minutes that this other guy did. <laughs> Just everyone turn this off and never listen again. <laughs> oh. oh my god! So yeah, first is like, hey, do you shoot the? Now this one looks like it was shot in New York City. But, you know, a lot of people yeah. probably think that because it looks so authentic. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we did. We shot this one in New York. Tommy Shlami did it. That's what Helen says. Helen Hunt says it was Tommy Shlami's vision. Yeah, she didn't say and Catsman, which is weird. It was weird. <laughs> I don't know if you're joking. It really I felt strange for me. I really, <laughs> crazy. I'm like, yeah. I was just like, Paul Reiser should be piping in and saying, ah, yeah, the Catsman. <laughs> and it felt weird <laughs> that he didn't. <laughs> Yeah, they shout give... out to... Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. Shout out to Karen Holly, the prop master, who's responsible for all the Zabar's bags on the show. Yes, isn't that neat mm-hmm. that we got a name and the fact that we've talked about that. Oh, absolutely. It, it's a nice time. Yeah, yeah. Zabar's bags, Barney Greengrass sandwich wrappers, and the Greek coffee cups. These are all things that they mentioned. I never noticed the Barney Greengrass sandwich wrappers, though. I don't even know what those look like. Don't they just use wax paper? Me, me neither, but I'll, hey, I'll bet if they didn't have it, you'd notice that. That's true. I'd be like, oh, that sandwich is from the grocery store. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I wrote these Um, featurettes are so boring, (laughs) which is so unfair. (laughs) This one was not the best. Well, Paul Um, was talking about how heartbreaking it was. How, how, like, he was like, oh, this is some rough stuff in this one. Like, it's so mean what happens to Jamie. Yes. And it reminded me of the B plot in the Cherry Orchard. Do you know what I'm going to say? I don't. I'm not as well versed in the Cherry Orchard as I ought to be. Well, one of the daughters who sort of like works a lot around the estate, you know, she's the one who's responsible. She's the only responsible one in the house. Sounds like a sitcom. This older landowner, Lopakin, or Lopine, whatever people say it different ways, the whole thing, everyone's like, is he, you should marry him. He's going to propose to you. Yada, yada, yada. And there's this nightmare scene at the end of the play where it's like sort of his last chance to. And you can tell he maybe kind of wants to. And he, Sorry to interrupt. A nightmare scene or a night terror scene? <laughs> I don't know. Let me call Telmed. <laughs> Sorry. You were saying. Incredibly depressing scene where she's like ready for him to propose. Yeah. And it's the last chance and he doesn't do it. Oh, but man. it seems like he might the whole time. Yeah. Who, and that's what this show is. That's what this episode is. Yes. This and episode dips back into tropes that have been going on since Chekhovian time. Louis Zurich played Lovakin <laughs> yeah. in a production oh, of The Cherry Orchard. That's right. In Williamstown. How about that? So I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Jeffrey Lane and Danny Jacobson. I'm sure that they never thought about having an episode wherein <laughs> he has where wherein they Cold have feet? second yeah they have second guesses about whether or not they're going to get engaged. I've never seen that in anything until, else. Have you? Until he had <laughs> Jerry Ostrid and Matt Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it was a phone call. They were just like, they called Louis Zurich to be like, hey, guess what? We're going to introduce your character's sporting goods store. And he said, oh, that's terrific. Also, did you know that I was in the cherry orchard? Here's what happens in it. Anyway, goodbye. And then they said, we got to write that into the show. Yeah, they were like, hey, get, get, check, get who? Anton. Anton, <laughs> check yeah. him on the show, on the horn. <laughs> Paul Reiser also says in this, it was always the plan for Paul and Jamie's own sets of neuroses to be on display and vacillating in mm. every episode. And that happens a lot in this episode, which I, which is, we talk about it all the time, about how we thought that it was more about him being the neurotic one and her being the right. rock. 
And it's not. And not only is it not that way episode by episode, they go back and forth within the same episode. Absolutely. Sometimes. Absolutely. So, yeah. so this episode no begins cold open. with no cold open. You know it's going to be special. Mm-hmm. Too much episode to do. And then scene one. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that really ki- Like, the host of that stupid featurette pointing out, like, yeah, I mean, you can't fake a Rockefeller Center ice skating yeah. rink. Mm-hmm. You had to shoot there. It's like, yeah. Everyone knows. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, you can't. You can't. (laughs) You're a professor of what? The obvious? Yeah. (laughs) Scene one, Rockefeller Center skating rink, Valentine's night. Yes. Her face is wrapped up in a hat and a scarf. We know, we learned that it's Valentine's Day. Right. Jamie asks Paul once they finally find each other. She says, why are you late? And Paul says, my watch froze. (laughs) That must happen. That's a fun (laughs) That's a fun bit of business. Jamie goes to kiss him a couple of times, and each time she sneezes right in his face. Yeah, this scene has a really good, it's a very good setup. Because yeah. you you know this kind of night immediately. You know what they're feeling, thinking. It's like one of those special occasions that feels a little forced, because it's not picture perfect at the top. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. It's also like Rockefeller Center skating is not something that people just do casually very often. It's an event. And we get, yeah, we get that it is important to them. Right. But also we learn, you know, sure, she sneezes in his mouth and that's kind of gross and cheesy. But also it means that, oh, yeah, she is sick. And so maybe going home is on the table. Yeah, she's sick. He's late. It's cold. So cold as watch froze. Yeah. So when he says, let's go home, I was like, yeah, yeah, I would have pitched that, too, because why force it? Right. And but it they, needs uh, that dip in mood mm-hmm. so that they could rediscover it through the episode and come back to just like in life, though. Beautifully constructed. It's a reset. Mm-hmm. Paul says, let's go home because you're getting sick and I have felt no toes for 17 blocks. Right. It's a fun turn of phrase. 49th Street. I think he was coming from downtown probably, right? 39, 32nd. What was he doing? I don't know. Working? Yeah, but we know Buckman Studios is down, I think, around Union Square, right? Yeah. I don't. You know what? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what either. he was doing. Yeah. Went to Jack's World. <laughs> <laughs> so they start to leave, and Patsy Klein's Crazy starts playing. Yes, which I was fine with. Even though it was You're a schmaltzy like... shot of the two of them like looking back at the rink. Yes. Listening to Patsy Klein. Right. I was like, fine. And it's sweet. Yeah. It's it's a, a lovely song. But then and, Oh, you've got a problem? You don't. With the what? With the spinning the, the device of the spinning rise figure skater guys and rise taking gals. us back in time? Yes. We look at what they're looking at, and it is a woman spinning on the ice. What's that called, Russ? She's in some sort of a, a back layout, I believe. She's in a like back a layout. Figure skating in a figure skating parlance. You know, she's spinning in one place a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think they call it a spin. They use the spin to bring us back in time. Yes. Three years they pra- ago. They may or may not do a... Yeah. Yeah. It's like Superman spinning backwards around the world to to reset right. the present. But now that I'm saying it, I'm like, it is nice. I don't know. Fine. I rolled my eyes at it, though. But it's a, yeah. it's a fine device. Sure. It's hard to go back in time. It is. You got to get back in time. You know, it's time. just as hard in fiction as it is in nonfiction. In reality. <laughs> I think you're right. I, we still haven't only, found the perfect device. <laughs> if somebody, Paul Reiser, ought to call some quantum physicist yeah. and be like, have you thought about a figure skater? Yeah, spinning? Stephen Hawking's just like, just do a jump cut. <laughs> I'm trying to solve real problems. <laughs> oh, So we go back 
three years ago, and Paul and Jamie are entering their huge apartment, and it is empty. Yeah. Looks smaller. It looks smaller, but still, like, it's not much. It's still huge. (laughs) It looks deeper. Yes. It looked like a smaller room, but with with more. Yeah, it looked deeper to me. We also still know that it is a very big place. Right. It's insane. It's an insanely sized place. Yes. Their landlord is there. What do we know about the landlord? He's Anything? played by Louis Gus. Okay. Who has a very long resume. The car- The landlord's name is Mel Wurzel. He was in the movie Moonstruck with oh. Olivia Dukakis. So he probably sure. knows Louis. I'm sure he does know Louis Zerk. And this is the weird one I took out. He was in a show called East Side, West Side which we've talked about before, but I don't remember which guest starring actor was also on East Side, West Side. We've talked about East Side, West Side. Oh, was this, a, was this an old one? That old movie? Side, uh, that no, old it's show? a TV show. It did one season, and it was oh, uh, the one about yeah, the social worker from it. the slums of New York. Oh, man. And it was dramatic, remember. a dramatic series with stories about child abuse, drug abuse, ripoffs of the welfare system, crime. It was like all the problems of the inner city in 1963. Yeah. <sighs> Isn't that wild? I don't remember yeah, who else was on it, That's though. very neat. Martin Sheen oh, was on two apps, was? remember? You know who it was? Who? Um it's an old it was one of the old dudes. I mean, obviously. Was it um <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I I thought I had the person and then I was just like, it just morphed into just generic old face. And Wait, I was like, oh, I don't know. Was John Randolph on an episode of Mad About You? I don't know. Now I'm falling down a Yeah, we can't do that in, yeah. in the show. <laughs> he wasn't anyway. Okay. <laughs> just for those of you who were wondering if John Randolph was on an episode of Mad About You. It turns out he is not. He's not. Rest easy. Oh, Paul Dooley. There <laughs> oh, it is. Him. Good. <laughs> no, there it is. That might be. Uh, is that, actually, that probably is who it is. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I love it. So they're. Uh, See, old guy. Yeah. <laughs> he said West Side Brothers. So, yeah, Paul has some requests for the landlord, especially regarding the bathroom. Oh, the shower pressure being firm but not pelty is very funny. This feels like a little Seinfeld thing. Yes. The shower should be. Firm but not pelting. And the toilet. I don't like a tentative toilet. One good whoosh and nice talking to you. Yeah, great. I'm like, yeah, that feels very, very Jerry or George. And it could be anybody. Not Elaine. Thank you. No, she could do pelting, though. I could see her doing the pelting. I don't want pelting. Yeah. It's very pelty. It's like these hard pelts. They're just coming at you. I I love Seinfeld. So, uh, yeah, we should have written for it. <laughs> really good. So riff. We, great rip. So we learned that they have been that Paul and Jamie have been splitting time between the two apartments. Three nights at her place, three nights at his place, and it's time to move into their new place. And <laughs> yeah, there you have it. Paul is tentative about it. Yes, cold feet. Yes. He asks questions like, how come nobody else has taken it? Jamie says, we put down a deposit. Paul says, yeah, but before that, the landlord says people were living here. And at that point, Jamie feels a slant in the floor. Whoa. What? Is this weird? It's just me or is this floor kind of slanted? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, She's I just perfect. came around the corner. I was kind of walking along suddenly. Whoa. <laughs> There's no slant here. No, I felt it. Have we seen this before, or is this? We have seen. We this have, before. right? Yeah, in the kitchen. In the kitchen, she feels the, the slant in the kitchen, and he's and arguing he, about a hum in the refrigerator. A hum. That's right. It was a cold we open. Yeah, we don't get the hum in the fridge, but isn't that funny? Before. They remembered yeah. that. It was great. Yeah, I love this. I'm pretty sure they come back to it again more. Yes, but yeah, and it's on the soundtrack. Was, no, you're thinking of of us. We pulled the sound clip and put it into a show. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I do love. I also, I love that the arc of the sound clips 
from the soundtrack are like, are we going to have a baby? Are we going to stay together? We've this got this big fight. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to look at the micro to find the macro. <laughs> Great point. So the landlord gives them the lease and sends them into the kitchen. I love what a they're... hard sell this beautiful downtown yeah. apartment yeah. is. As if there's not 100,000 people lined up outside trying to take it. You're absolutely right. He's like, oh, it's... I've been trying to get rid of this unit for a month. <laughs> take it already. Because, <laughs> yeah, how many times did he say they came back? Five? Yeah. This is their it should have been gone the first look. time they saw it. Probably, absolutely. You go in. You go into this apartment. And you say yes. I will take right. it. Right. And then, uh, but I also don't understand. Like, can I give you a deposit? It's like, is that a thing that happens? Yes. To they hold it? it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When we got our apartment, we got it from. We knew the person. There was through the previous tenants. There was no lease and. Well, yeah, you got that apartment in what, 1972, though? So yeah, we got, yeah, we got it years and years ago. Yeah. And the landlord pulled me in close and shook my hand when we decided to take it and just said, We don't want to no trouble. And I was oh. like, Yikes. Italian? Italian. A very sweet old man. We don't want to no trouble, huh? We don't want to no trouble, which could be, could be very adorable, could be very scary. Yeah, especially uh, <laughs> uh, considering the number of, not to, uh, well, we're, I think everyone's, well, no, nah, I don't, never mind. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna never mind, but everybody knows what we're talking about. So uh, <laughs> the kitchen also it was funny there was no island. Yes. The island they that gonna, they do it on all the time. Yeah, where are they gonna bone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess they installed it themselves. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Just like, yeah, that's that's probably a real conversation they had. We can get an island in here so we can just you know, bone. Have, yeah. So we <laughs> in case we want to have sex a couple of times in the kitchen, this would be a perfect place. Yeah, in case there's company between us and the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Jamie says they go into the kitchen. Jamie looks, she says, it's, you know, it's a gas stove. I'm used to electric. Paul says, you don't cook. Jamie says, but still, oh, I love that. I felt the same way when I was young. Yeah. And got yes. my first stove that was gas. I was like, yeah, what do you do with gas? Absolutely. So at first, Paul was tentative about, you know, why has nobody else taken it? Right. You know, what's wrong with this place? And Jamie was saying, oh, but yeah, it's great. You know, we put down a deposit. Here's the reason. And now Jamie's the one with the problem. So right. oh, it's a gas stove. I don't know. And Paul's saying, you don't cook. What do you care? So here, yeah, the neuroses it's are flipping. Within, yes. Yeah. Within the same five minute scene. I, Back in the living room. I no, love the line. What Did she say there's no new apartment smell? Yes. She said there's no new apartment. Yeah, like, no, we'll I give it a smell. The apartment has an old smell. That's it. Uh, we'll get a new smell. Mm -hmm. And then she says, how? She says, when you live together, you get your own smell. Yeah, very cute. Very. Is that true? Um, well, you wouldn't you know, know. I'm nose blind, baby. And also, you know? <laughs> I think if you live in the smell, you don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, I'm not saying that I can't smell anything. Oh. I'm saying that, like, yeah, like once you, if you are in the environment yourself, you become adjusted to it. Yeah. Oh, to tell it. me about it. Ugh, some some houses I've been to. <laughs> so we go back into the living room and Murray is lying on the floor on <laughs> his back, getting his belly scratched by the super. Yeah. He's doing a bang up job. Yeah. He was like, oh, Murray, today I have a love scene. Yeah. <laughs> Murray is selling the place, basically. Yeah. Paul says to Jamie, well, we'll hear what Paul says to Jamie. Bend over. Excuse me? <laughs> what did you think? Did you say bend over? Oh, stop it. 
Did that make you jump for a second? I'm like, this is a this is quite a joke. This is <laughs> it's because we have such a high association with the kitchen and them doing it. I think I don't know about that. Maybe I just, not. Like, You're right. I that's I that jumped. Is, that is barely a double entendre. I was as jarred is... as Jamie was. Yeah. <laughs> And then their they, discussion uh, about it seemed so realistic as if he almost just made it up in the spot. It did feel that way. Like, it, it seemed really, like really he didn't did. know what she was reacting to. Yeah. Like, he's half smiling, she's half smiling. Yeah. It felt like it might have been improvised. Yeah. Which it wasn't, and they're just good actors. Yeah. But, yeah. Just so everyone's so, clear, he said bend over so we could write the sign of the thing <laughs> on her back, the least. Oh, that's right. That's a visual thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Not so they could uh, christen the kitchen. Right. They save that for the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> they cut to Fran's office. It's for Fran's office. Back. We're back. Yes, it's Fran's office still. It's right. Her last day. Uh, yes. Everything's in boxes. As we said, and remember we guessed? We were like, oh, maybe she just wants to spend more time with her kid and husband. That's exactly what and it that's was. that's what she said. Yeah. Jamie is sitting behind her desk sharpening pencils. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah, she's got about 30 pencils sharpened on her desk in front of her. That's what she's that spending her time crazy. With. Oh, they're just yeah. killing time. She's just killing time. Yeah, she just wanted to be out and about. Fran says, get out of here. You have a beautiful apartment you're moving into today. Jamie says, who cares? It's all slanted. Ah. Uh, yeah, she's sour. She's an erotic one now. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Jamie's going to be getting Fran's old job effective the next day. Yeah, big time. They talk about it a little bit. Then Paul shows up to the office, which catches everybody by surprise, except for Fran. So catches one person by surprise and also Paul surprise. <laughs> so two? We're all, we're all on board. Yeah, that's math. Just that's the, <laughs> the worst math problem in the world. <laughs> Three people are in a room. Everyone is surprised. One person is not surprised. <laughs> Actually, only one person surprised, except the yeah. other person, who's also yeah. surprised. I'd accept two as an answer, or also everyone minus one. Those are both acceptable responses <laughs> to this equation. Fran sends Jamie to get the key to the executive washroom from Rick, the villain assistant. Yes. Oh, that's... <laughs> wait, which one's Rick? Rick is Fran's old assistant who became Jamie's assistant. Oh, the tall in one. Research, in researching the actor, we learned that he is a monster and is currently doing time. Oh, he's a rapist, time. isn't he? Yes. I forgot. I was thinking of the MAGA guy from the Christmas party. No, 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 no. Remember no, no, him? No. Yeah, I think I did. The little no, bro from is... the Christmas party in Ferrari. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, no, I no. You meant Not... figurative villain. You mean real life no, monster. I mean real life monster. Gotcha. Person. Fran has Paul's engagement ring. Yes. With oh. Mark. Yeah, Mark got the ring for Paul from his uncle, and he got it for under, under cost. cost. <laughs> yeah. Which is very funny. There's They're a little like, Jackie basically Mason. free, right? There's a little yeah. Jackie Mason joke. No, oh, he yeah? says, isn't that stealing? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> about Jews bragging about deals. You know, it's like, I got a whole... I, I, you paid retail? I got a wholesale. He's like, I got this. I got this watch. It cost. And he goes, it cost. How's the guy make a living? He goes, oh, sells a lot of watches. <laughs> so Paul looks at the ring. He says, that is very much a ring. The highest praise from Paul Buckman. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, you know, I don't know if you felt this. It's a very bright day. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very sunny. Yes. It felt very sunny and bright and, like, 
A New Hope. Star Wars A New I Hope like level. It's sure. like a deliberate mood setting. I think that also happens partially because when we first get into the apartment, the it's shades dark. are drawn. That's right. And the first thing they do is open up these huge mm-hmm. window shades and all of the natural light pours in. Yeah. And it warms the place up immediately and makes it feel like a home. I was thinking about this. Normally when we see an empty apartment on a television show or an empty home, mm-hmm. it's the finale. Wow. You know? Wow. Where it's just like, oh, we've got to leave. We've got to leave the office. Wow. Or we're closing the bar or we're moving from our home or one of those things. So true. Right? Well, yeah, mostly. We don't get it all that often in the middle of a series or at the beginning where it's just like, oh, here's before everything is there. That is true. People rarely move in the middle of shows. Yeah. Joey moved out. Right. So that looked in disarray. Right. That's all I can think of, actually. Well, there's only one show, so, <laughs> and it's Friends. Because so. <laughs> even Seinfeld, they don't really move. No, they do not. Because they can't decide who gets the apartment, the new apartment. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. We've covered all of the shows in history. Well. And it didn't happen in either of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, because otherwise I'm thinking of, you are 100% right. Yeah, I think. I, I was thinking of Ali McBeal. I was thinking. It came from somewhere. Yeah, I was. Uh, I can't remember it happening where it's like a oh before here's the way that the place looked when it was empty prior a little they i mean they do do flashbacks though and you get a touch of that but not as dramatic name one sitcom where there's been a flashback i was to gonna before. name a sitcom i was gonna name mad about the you. west wing jumps back to oh yeah the, the oh, like, all of that is so cool first week or whatever of the of his presidency and they're in the Those west episodes. wing and no one knows where the offices are and the buildings and like you know what i mean it's not lived in yeah those episodes are great. But that's it. Yeah. And that's yeah. all the shows. So that's all the shows. <laughs> so oh, yeah, then this Paul... dark, dramatic irony joke. Yes. Paul says that he's going to visit Ira. Honey, what time will you be home? Wow. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That just flew out of my mouth. That's all right. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll see you later. You sure will. Bye. Get my ass out of this. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Sorry, we're not there yet. We're not at the dramatic irony joke yet. We're at the part before that where Jamie says, honey, what time will you be home? And Paul says, wow. He's kind of taken aback by it. Oh, which right. I want to say it was weird, but it kind of was. And it just sets up that they both feel a little bit strange about the new direction that their, live is go- their lives are going into. Yeah. No, that would jar me too in real life. I yeah. Think. It's like, oh, my life just yeah. changed. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Yeah, at first I thought it was weird, but then Jamie doesn't even think it's weird because as soon as Paul's out of the room, she freaks out and starts talking to Fran about, <laughs> what does she say? She says, get my ass out of here or something like that. Oh, the, wait, what's the dramatic irony joke you were thinking about? I was thinking about when she says to Fran about... About Mark? Yes. Oh, is that after this still? I believe so. Oh, yeah, okay, never those mind. are two separate yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, okay. That dramatic irony joke happens in this clip. What if we split up? What if we don't click? What if he doesn't love me? He loves you. How do you know? Because I know. I don't know. How can you know? Because he does. No, I'm calling the landlord myself. Don't. Why not? Because he's going to ask you to marry him tonight. He is? Over dinner. Really? 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 Yes. Oh, God! <laughs> oh, it's a clip. Nice. Yeah, we get that whole section. That where... stings a little out with that joke. Oh, it does. It does. Where Us. she talks about how yeah, yeah, how they're not going to break up. Yeah. And Fran laughs at it. 
the engagement surprise spoiling came faster to me in mm-hmm. the actual episode than they made it look like in the featurette. In the featurette, it looked like, oh, this had been building. Yes. And in this, it, it takes like 10, 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. For her to be like, yeah. okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm freaking, yeah, I'm freaking out. I'm going to call the super. No, 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 don't. He's a proposing to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fran, let it get a little. Yeah. Fran folds instantly. Yeah. And yeah, Jamie's declaration of, oh, God, at the end. Yeah, of that's very fun it. and twisty. It's very I well delivered. Did not expect that. No. Oh, and now we go to a C. Oh, we introduce. How often do you get a location introduction in, in the middle of a series? Probably pretty often. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anytime a person. Not a multi camp comedy. Uh, you're, you may be right. I mean, a new location. Like, we go here a lot. That's true. We do see Buckman Sporting Goods. I don't mean just a one off. Like the because coffee go, shop from Friends. Yeah. We go to Buckman Sporting Goods. Yeah. Which, you, did you recognize it? I don't think I did. It's Paragon Sporting Goods in Is Union it? Square. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they just use a little technology, a little, because, you know, they got these uh, computers now. Oh, really? To change the title. And just to double check, you could see the address on the awning, 867, and it is 867 Broadway. It's Paragon. Holy moly. Every time I, I was, every this. time I used to go in there, I'd feel like I was a Buckman Sporting Goods. Look at this. I did not know. The one time I'll I went to... in there to buy a baseball glove <laughs> that I never used once. <laughs> Take a look. So in the, uh, yeah, we go to Buckman Sporting Goods, and in the back is Ira. And Paul is showing him the ring. And Paul says to be careful with it. Ira says, I will, I will. And then he starts scratching that it against things. That killed me. It's pretty fun. Trying to check to make sure that it's real, Boom. I guess. You got to <laughs> in New York. You got to if you're Ira. Well, especially if it's like Mark's uncle. Who knows? That's but you're true. right. Ira would check any ring. If they were like, this is from yes. Tiffany, he'd be like, eh. <laughs> so then Ira wants to know when Paul is going to propose. So when are you going to do it? Tonight. I'm doing it tonight. I got, I got it all planned out. Taking her out to dinner. But I'm not going to say anything about Valentine's Day. Nothing. I don't, I don't say a word. Let her sweat it out. You know, let, make her think I forgot. And then you ask her. Then I'm going to ask her. Very cool. So you want to go to the movies tonight? <laughs> What did I just say? What am I doing? What am I doing tonight? Oh, no, I mean after. We can grab a beer, get something to eat, maybe go to a club. Boy, do I miss those days. What days? You know, like before. Like yesterday. He's going to make her think he forgot Valentine's Day and... Yeah, that's They're always go a out bad to idea. Never works out. You don't need to add an element of surprise to a proposal. Nope. When at their expense. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Especially because there are so many different ways. And I guess that this is dependent upon the person. But I'm like, what if she gets mad right. that you, no, <laughs> that you right. forgot Valentine's Day? It's gilding Day. the lily in the wrong yes. direction. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's going to be so... F- She's going to be so furious with me, yeah. and then I'm going to propose. It's building the be lily great. with poop. Yeah. <laughs> it's pooping the lily? No. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm a real idiot. <laughs> so, so yeah, Ira wants to know if he wants to go to the movies tonight. I love tonight. that. Yeah. It's really silly. That's such a single mentality. Yeah. What are you doing after? Yeah. <laughs> yeah what are you basically. doing after you propose? Yeah. Also, I love their, their old lifestyle, apparently. Go to a movie, go to a bar, go to a club. They're out constantly. Never, doesn't have a job, lives <laughs> like a king. <laughs> oh, and no. Paul hears this. He says, boy, do I miss those days. Ugh. Here we go. Then a girl walks Here in. we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, wait. Oh, that was a person, not just a piece of meat? R- it's really bad. It's a really gross thing. You rise thing guys because... and rise gals remember. I think it was the sofa episode, right? 
It happens when yeah, we learned that uh, Paul Buckman experiences physical pain <laughs> whenever mm-hmm. he witnesses an attractive woman. Yeah. Because his first because line. Again, again, the first word out of his mouth is ouch. <laughs> and his yeah. second line hey, Paul, is almost. Buy a bigger pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> his second line is maybe worse than the first line because then he says, where did that come yes. from? Yes. Yes, that's right. This is the grossest. And then Paul. Ira goes, nice, huh? Your dad hired her. <laughs> and this the four of us up. are going to do it later in a party. <laughs> I hope you have an island in your kitchen. I hope you've seen Deliverance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, just these are terrible men. It's clearly the cult. Like, <laughs> it's such a... It's such a weird way to talk about a person. Yeah, a person. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it is bad news. You know, you could have a little listen. There is such a thing as a whole locker room talk. Like, ooh, she's uh, cute. Yes. Here's what you did. But that's a uh, miles away in, from. You ouch, come in. Where did she that comes come in, from? Yeah, you come in. She says, "You say, who is she? Right. And <laughs> who? And then I. Oh, who? Instead of what? Yeah. What is it? Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, the minor, the minor tweaks. <laughs> Oh my, yeah, this scene made me hey, so uncomfortable. That? Yeah, and then Ira says, oh, that that's Joanne. She works here. Your dad hired her. Nope, he goes, that's Joan. Oh, that's right, yes. He gets her name, because what I wrote down yeah. is, because I looked her up, in the, right before that joke, I was like, let's see who this is. And I was like, oh, wow, they get the character a name, Joanne. <laughs> and then it turns out they only gave her a name <laughs> so that they could make joke. a joke about not yeah. knowing her name. They didn't just call her Slab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, ew, Russ. Yeah. Look, I'm re- I'm speaking from the point of view of a disgusting character on this television <laughs> show. It was this played by me. she was played by Andrea Elson. Did you recognize her? I did not. I did think she kind of looked like Jamie. A yeah, little, a little like, in that she as far as like had similar bangs, hair length and yeah, yeah, bangs and hair length and jean style. But that was also just the time, right? I think mostly that. Yeah, she was on a little show called Alf. Oh my gosh, is that the daughter from Alf? I think so, Lynn Tanner. Yep, holy Isn't moly. Isn't that wild? And that That's also means so she was weird. the lead on a sitcom, and then three years later... Well, she was a support on a sitcom. I mean, Russ, she's credited in almost every episode. Yeah, she's in every episode, but she's not... Yeah, but Russ, she, she has two lines in this. I'm just saying, Hollywood's a roller coaster, baby. That's true. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> Look, I want to get down and iron out who are the leads versus who are the supports in ALF, and I'm not leaving this podcast until we do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what we're doing here. Yeah. She was also on a step-by-step, a show called okay. Kirk that I've never heard of. Have you? Kirk? Kirk Hartman is no longer a mischievous screw-up teenager's son and school kid, but has a job as a graphical artist oh, and lives alone in the yes. city where he works. It's it's Kirk Cameron's show. Yes, I have oh, heard Oh, it's very, a very complicated description. Yeah. When his parents but, moved to Europe, the tables yeah. are turned. Is he fu- oh, I see. He has yeah. to take care of the, his siblings who are younger. Yeah, and then everybody dies and they all get raptured. Wait, it's are you serious? Oh, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and gay people are terrible and uh, it's this whole thing. He's left behind. He's left behind. Kirk was left behind. Uh, the show. Yes. The Kirk, wa- the show was left oh, behind. Oh, and she was Thank on you. an episode of a little forgotten series called Men Behaving Badly. Forgotten by starring who? Starring Rob you? Schneider. Maybe. Not me. me. Never. <laughs> Boy, that show probably. <laughs> you, well, you couldn't have a title called. You'd have to change the title. I'm not positive, but I think they did change the title. Double check. 
Wait, it really? May have, it may have been one that swapped. Ken Marino was in that show? I'm not sure. Yeah, that he was in be. half the episodes. They did. Oh, no, they did three seasons. Rob Schneider's... No, two seasons. No, season... Let's move on. <laughs> we were talking about Andrea Ellison, and now we're off. <laughs> Forgive yeah, me. Yeah, that's how this works. Sometimes I can detect when we're too far. <laughs> well, good. Oh, and then Paul starts flirting with her so aggressively. Yeah, he starts coming on real, real hard. I'm Paul Buckman, by the way. Oh, you're Bert's son? Yes. Yeah, why would I fib to a lovely person like yourself? <sighs> He's always talking about you. Yeah, and you know, all the good stuff is true. Do you still make movies? Oh, yeah, sure. Not only that, tonight he's proposing to his girlfriend. Really? It was very fun to watch, like, when he's reaching for that duffel bag and the box starts to fall off. Yes. That felt he's, spur of the moment. Yeah, he's trying to be all cool and yeah. things are falling on and his head. And he leaned into it nicely. And, uh, yeah, I really like Joanne saying, do you still make movies? And Ira saying, oh, yeah, not only that, tonight he's proposing to his girlfriend. Yeah, good for Ira. Good for Ira. Ira, the voice of reason. Yeah. Because then Paul starts in with girls. Oh, They're Russ. soft and good. I mean, I said, who are you, the judge from Sweeney Todd? <laughs> Isn't that a song? Uh, there... Pretty Women? Yes, Pretty Women. It, that's, yeah. I feel like that's a lyric from Pretty Women. Yeah. Pretty Women, soft and yeah. something. Something like that. Soft yeah. and good. <laughs> Sometimes not really good as an adjective in a musical. Yeah, so you're saying that Stephen Sondheim could write this episode of Mad About You. I get it. He could punch it up. He could punch it up. <laughs> Him and Chekhov. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh, murderer's row. So, <laughs> so Ira talks to Paul and says, Paulie, Jamie is great. So you're doing the right thing. You've got, oh, you've got the jitters. That's all. Yeah, which is true. Yeah. And yeah, Paul is rethinking things. Um, he, he has the, uh, he says, last night. The light hit her face in the in her apartment, and she looked like the guy from The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, that I thought was a great line because you thought so. I've felt that. In, I liked it in okay. the past. No, it just feels, it feels so real. The idea of oh, I didn't realize that you know uh, of it feels like a real. Your brain tries to your brain ruin does, yes. things sometimes. Yes, you've got something good, and your brain will tell you yeah. that oh, but she's not perfect. Right, or she's not this, or it's not whatever. In fact, she looks a lot like the guy. Anthony looks like yeah, yeah I love like these. Hannibal you know, Lecter. the guy that eats people. <laughs> really funny. There's something. Yeah. So on top of that, he also had a dream. Yes. I'm having dreams. I keep having this dream. This is weird. I'm floating somewhere, and it's like cold, really cold. I'm shivering, and I'm floating, and I'm shivering. And this song, the same song, keeps coming on. Patsy Cline, crazy. Since when do you dream country? <laughs> this is my point. So I'm standing there, and I'm, and I'm floating, and these globs, these big colorful globs just float by me. Globs? Like what? I don't know. These, these big... Fat, beautiful globs, and they're, they're gliding, and they're, they're just, you know, they're they're gliding around and, and and swirling, and I'm swirling, and they're swirling, and I'm swirling, and they're just flowing. And all I all I'm thinking, all I can feel is that I lost something. So you lost some globs. <laughs> I just feel that I need these globs. Well, maybe Jamie has some globs. I don't know if Jamie has the right. What the hell are we talking? I don't know. Dreamer night terror. You know, we have to check in later. Yeah, right. We will. <laughs> and yeah, he's so talking Paul's about... floating and shivering. Oh, you just yeah. played the clip of the dream. I did. Oh, right. Okay. So big, fat, yeah. beautiful clumps. I like this. What? I like this monologue a lot. I, I did not. I would love to do this in like an EPA. Sure. It. I didn't like the monologue, but I liked the out of the monologue very much. 
I like the um, monologue so much. I'm going to start calling it a speech. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then you need to chill out because yes. it is not a speech. <laughs> the discussion, the whole like spinning off of the discussion was very funny. Yes. Ira, because again, they really me. just went with it. <laughs> yeah. Ira saying maybe Jamie has some globs. Paul says, I don't know if she's got the globs I need. Yeah. And then Ira just, what are we talking about? <laughs> And then he calls him a Pez head again. He does call him a Pez head. That makes me very happy. Here's the clip where he calls a Pez head. Look, you got the ring. You got the girl. You got the plan. Tonight is the night. Really? He's got it all planned out. Hey, wait a second. I don't, I don't have to do this tonight. Oh, come on. He's even got the ring. It's going to be your Valentine's present. And what's the rush? Really? Really? Oh. I mean, what, what am I doing here? He loves you, James. You love her, you Pez head. I'm not gonna do this. Anthony Hopkins, that's his name. Anthony Hopkins. I wonder, someone on the cast grew up with this term. Yeah. I'm gonna guess Danny Jacobson. That's a good guess. Yeah. Yeah, they go ping ponging between the two scenes of uh, Ira and Paul. Yes, that's right. And Fran and Jamie. And it's so brutal. Yeah, we see him and his plans changing, and she's getting more and more excited about being yeah. proposed to. It's messed up, man. Yeah, it's rough. And then we cut back to the apartment. Valentine's night dinner at home in their new home. Yes, their new home that they signed the lease for that morning and is currently full of boxes. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> she went There's to work a... after they signed the lease? Uh, I assumed it was... To... They didn't Do get the apartment on day? Valentine's Day, did they? Here's what I... Because yeah, he's moving in while she's they're at, at work. the apartment. Are... Did the apartment scene happen a different day? I assumed it did. That would make me feel so much better. Yeah, I, I, there's no reason to believe it didn't. I had just joined those two things, and it, it, that didn't feel different to me, but it has to be. Yeah. Because otherwise, they like they saw, yeah, they signed yeah. the lease in the morning. Oh, these were the issues you were going to bring up. Yes. You were wrong. Yes. And then, yeah, great. <laughs> oh, feels good. <laughs> <laughs> feels like home. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything that points to it being the same day. Yeah. I mean, it says three years ago. It doesn't say three years and one day ago. That's <laughs> a great point. I didn't even think of it that way. Uh, but it funny. also doesn't say three years exactly. Right. But it doesn't say three years, give or take, either. <laughs> So, yeah, so they are in their home. You know what I there love about boxes. this scene? What do you love? Yes, they're in their home. It's night, so there's no light or anything. The boxes mm-hmm. are there. They're sitting on the floor on a rug. There is not a chance in hell that if you did this scene now, there would be zero candles. And this scene right. had no candles, and it was yeah. so refreshing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She did. There that were no candles. Full of candles. Oh, yeah. so That's satisfying. a great point. they've decided to stay home and have dinner and uh jamie says i thought we should be here for this i thought we should be home for this paul says for what jamie says dinner yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah paul yeah jamie this is um she starts to scale back right after that because she thinks what i think which is like hey jamie if he's gonna propose maybe you don't change his plan Oh, sure, sure. If they've got, yeah, if they've got restaurant reservations and she thinks that he's going to propose, maybe don't be like, hey, let's just stay home tonight. That's true. Yeah, why did she do that? I don't know. But she, you know, immediately after says like, unless we should go out. Unless NBC something was mind. like, we already flew to Rockefeller Center. We're not building a restaurant. <laughs> they decide to stay at home. Oh, and they're drinking and wine out of a tumbler. Yep. They don't have wine Paul's, glasses. That's fun. Yeah. Props, Paul's man. To pr- go, love it. 
You know I love the prop. I love the whole art department. I'm mad about you. <laughs> Paul is trying to find silverware. He can't. Instead, he puts a colander on his head and wants to know the difference between a colander and a strainer. And his being there like that scares Jamie. So because she's also on edge. Yes. She thinks he's going to be proposed to. And they do a really good job of having him do not just normal Paul stupid stuff, mm-hmm. but like the dumbest possible topics of conversation, like the most the most absurdly benign things he could bring up. Yes. To just so clearly illustrate he is not proposing. He's not. It's he not, does it's not, not he's not even thinking about it. It felt like the surprise birthday party where she's saying, it's okay if we're going to do another thing. Right. And he's just like, it's There's not no happening. other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's not that. Right. So she brings in a cheese plate. They have pate. Of course. Love pate. So much pate. That's her, right? That's not him. That's her Connecticut. Okay, yeah. Probably, yeah. As she walks in, she checks her teeth in the bottom of a pot, which is what Paul was talking about. Yeah. Huge laugh. Yeah. There's a lot of laughs uh, in this scene that come out of behavior. And not yeah, that's true. A ton. That's true. Well, it's uh, it's behavior. Too. It's behavior and also context. Yes, yes. Well, uh, you know. behavior without context is a uh, void. My goodness, <laughs> you should work at NYU. Let's keep moving before people think about it. <laughs> Paul, uh, Jamie comes into the living room and Paul is on one knee and he reaches out, which is exactly the blocking that normally happens in the cherry orchard. I think. Oh, is it in that scene? He like gets down on one knee for something else. It's, in the moment, yeah. so loaded. I'm telling you, Russ, these are the only two contexts in which that's ever <laughs> happened. It's been forgotten. It was <laughs> forgotten about until this. For nearly a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got fake proposed to on a television show. Yeah, I think it was the first show. time it happened on camera. <laughs> <laughs> and in the United States. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So he reaches out, he takes her hand, and he takes the wine from her. Yeah. And then he says, I have something. And he reaches into his pocket. Oh, that was great, too. And he takes out a key. And the way he says mm. is like, a key. <laughs> a key. Spread it with a key. Because he's going to use the key to spread the pate on crackers, which is gross. But would be romantic in any... I get it. I guess yeah. it's gross. I don't know. I would eat it. Uh, oh, I'm not saying I'm not going to eat it. I'm Listen, just saying... You put it... tortilla soup or pate in front of Russ. Oh, forget it. <laughs> he's going to eat it. <laughs> Wait, did we skip the uh, Nixon joke? Or no? I think we did. Oh, Russ, that killed me so hard. Do you <laughs> remember a good it? One. Yeah, Paul asks what they're going to be eating, and Jamie says, rosemary chicken. And yeah. he, he says, oh, that was uh, Nixon's secretary, right? <laughs> Maybe laugh out loud. Pretty great bit. I didn't know, I, so I looked into her. Are you familiar with this story? You looked into who? Rosemary Chicken? No. So his real secretary's <laughs> name was Rosemary Wood. Oh. Rosemary Woods. I did not know that. Yes. And the reason she's sort of famous is because, you know, there was like uh, 13 or 15 minutes or something missing from the Watergate tapes. Yep. And her explanation was that she was listening to the tape and the telephone rang. So -hmm. she kept her foot on a pedal and pushed the wrong button and she pushed record instead of off and reached for the phone. So yep. when she accidentally pushed record on the dictaphone, it recorded over part of the original conversation. And then in this article, there's a photo of her reenacting what she says happened at her desk. Isn't that I, wild? I love that anybody thought that that would be... They were just like, this is what we've, we've got to go with. This is right. the lie we have to tell. Yeah. And we're just going to have to hope that people buy it. Some have jokingly referred to it as the Rosemary Stretch. <laughs> because it's such a long distance from her phone to the pedal. That's so funny. That's a fun little photo. reference, yeah. 
I like it. In the picture, you can see her holding on white knuckled to the chair so that she can reach and she's reclining to reach the phone. She's almost at a 45 <laughs> degree angle. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> oh, man. So speaking of phones, the phone rings. Yes. You? So this is nice, huh? What? Just us here. You know. Hello. Mm. Yeah, hang on a sec. Fran. Hello? No. <laughs> this killed. Yeah, Christina was watching it with me and we both died. It's great. Yeah. Helen. Helen. She's so good. She's so good. Yeah. And she really gets to, this is a great episode for her. It is a very good Helen Hunt episode. They load her up with so many circumstances. Yeah. A lot of levels for her in this. And she's so funny. She's so funny. Gosh. Oh, Helen Hunt's great. She wanted to know if she should cornrow her hair. (laughs) What a great, stupid fake line. Yeah. Oh. I think it's in the clip. Gosh, that's funny. Oh. Lisa. Lisa shows up. She's barging in with a heart full of chocolate. Yeah. And Jamie says, don't you ever knock. Very funny. Which is very funny because, as we all know, Lisa leans on the doorbell That's forever right. in current days. In current days. That is in true. Current days, yes. In yeah. Not like here. <laughs> not in, in days past. Days gone <laughs> yeah. by. In the long, long ago. So Lisa says of this heart full of chocolate, it's a symbol. Like no one will ever love me. Like I can't get my own Valentine. Jamie says, of course you can. Lisa says, yeah, like who? (laughs) Ira. Oh, no. Nope. Nope. Not yet anyway. Yeah, actually no one. (laughs) She's right. She's right. She's absolutely right. Oh, Charles Shaughnessy. Yes. (laughs) From Days of Our Lives. Yeah, Rico Rico or whatever. <laughs> so Jamie tries to bring back the moment because Lisa, yeah, he she gives him a she gives the Jamie gives tour. Lisa a speed tour. Yeah, she grabs him the by apartment. the wrist and runs yeah. her through every room. Yeah, and then she's trying to bring back the moment with Paul because Paul was saying, you know, yes. uh, all my life I was thinking, yes, and, uh, before the yeah. door before the door goes off. <laughs> Yeah. With a fist. Yep. Door goes off with a fist. Door goes off with a fist. Yeah. Paul was launching into like what sounded like he was about to maybe propose. Yeah. Like he maybe rethought the night. Yeah. But it didn't happen because he got a Lisa reprieve and Jamie is starting to get discouraged. When she tries to get him, she's like, what were you saying about like rethinking your life and all that? Yeah. He can't remember at all. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's rough. She's very sad. And at that point, the chicken goes off. Yeah, chicken goes off. Cluck, cluck. In the kitchen. Yeah. Cluck, cluck, come get me. <laughs> cluck, cluck, baby. Come eat me. Paul goes in to get it and to check on it. Uh, Jamie kind of like falls to the floor. Yeah. Dejected and sad. It's really and the, sad. And the chicken is raw. Yes, chicken tartare. Yeah. Paul says. Which Paul says it in, I feel like this is the most New York his accent has ever been. Really? It, I don't have the clip itself, but he's just like, chicken tartare. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. That's funny. Yeah. Chicken tata. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it feels like if he was also saying goodbye as a British person or whatever. It's like tata, friends. Oh, that kind chicken of chicken tata. That's like, like very, the same yeah. kind of, Yeah. I, I got you. I got that voice. <laughs> Great. Chicken tata. Chicken tata. Yeah. Tata. Okay. So yeah, good. I'm glad I'm glad you're with me on this. Hey everyone, do a tata at home. It's fun. <laughs> it is fun. If you're driving, so we... if you're at work, just do a little tata <laughs> of, to yourself. Lots of ways to tata. Yeah. So then we go to Riffs. 
because we learn the reason the the, the reason they have chicken ta is because Jamie didn't light the pilot light. Yeah, because she's used to electric. Because mm-hmm. she's from the burbs. It is sound. It's a structurally sound bit. It really is. This is where they meet Ursula. And Jamie asks for the, bro- she orders the broiled salmon and house salad. Paul says, I'll have the same. Ursula says, as her. <laughs> this exchange was great. Yeah. And then, and then she doubles down and says, okay, I'll ask if we're allowed to yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says it must be her first day. I'm sure she'll get better. Also, what a um, healthy dinner. Yeah. Broiled salmon and house salad. Yeah, they do that every now and again. They really do. Yeah. I mean, they're two very healthy looking people. Oh, they really do eat healthfully every now and again. (laughs) All right. So Jamie sits quietly for a moment and I don't have a clip of it, but I think this might be the first time, one of the first times we hear them do it deliberately because Paul says, what? Jamie says, nothing. It's stupid. Paul says, you can tell me your stupid stuff. And Jamie says, I just feel lucky. And Paul says, oh me too. Oh my gosh, you're right. What a lucky couple. You're right. They're just so lucky to have each other. Oh, Russ, we forgot to do people's questions. Are we going to do that at the well, end? I did not forget. We're oh, gonna do great. It okay. I, I forgot until this moment. <laughs> oh, what do you want from me? No, nothing. Yes. So, yeah. They're so, reminding each other now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just feel lucky. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. And so Paul has a gift for her for Valentine's Day after all. He says, close your eyes. Ursula he goes, I got when... you something. Yes. Uh Ursula swings by, asks Jamie, what kind of dressing would you like with that salad? Jamie says, go away. <laughs> Ursula says, okay. And it's and she clear says, that... she says, okay, like it's a dressing name almost. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. And Jamie is, she thinks it's going to happen. She thinks... And the, Paul's the acting like it's going to happen. Yeah, she thinks the proposal is imminent. And Paul puts on the table a pair of ice skates. The very ice skates that Ira was unboxing and polishing in the earlier season at the Sporting Goods Shop. Yep, 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 yep. And John, how'd they get to Riffs with a bag full of ice skates? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. You got it. (laughs) Wow. Was this this satisfying? Yeah, you cracked it. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't make sense. The first time I watched it, I was just like, okay, fine. And then I'm just like, she thinks she's going to get proposed to. They're just going out to dinner. He's got a huge shopping bag. I just got to bring this this shopping bag or backpack to dinner. I have to make a return. (laughs) Great point. That's a fair point. (laughs) So Jamie is clearly disappointed. She's looking in the toes. That really got me. And I don't know. She's digging in the toes of the skates to see if there's a ring in there. But I feel like she did it in rehearsal. One way or the other. And then they wrote it It in. Because that feels like such a thing she would, you know? Yes. Just do. Absolutely. Because she's so talented. (laughs) She is. She's really good. Watching her look through those skates for a ring was uh, was tough, tough and great. Uh, and as she's looking into things, she knocks over a glass of wine. Paul says, "Miss, miss, we spilled some wine." And Ursula just yells, "Ew!" That's, that got me. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. And then we cut to the Rockefeller tree. Yes. And we're in the dressing room or the locker room. The dressing room. My God, will you the... play a sport for a second? I corrected myself. Yeah. Look, look. I know that you how, you play <laughs> sports all the time. <laughs> And you never use the wrong phrase for anything you've ever said. Oh, it's varsity drama and JV music. (laughs) So they're in the locker room. 
I know you corrected and... too fast. I really wanted to jump on you because that's a very be funny mistake for Gotta someone like us me. to make. That's very true. They were in the dressing room or the <laughs> dressing room. Did you just do it? No, I was trying to do. Oh, you, you. were joking me. Okay, great. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good me impression. <laughs> so, so Jamie is now full on mad. Yeah. And yeah, here we go. You're supposed to wrap the lace yeah, around a little thing. I got thing it. There. I got it. What's the matter with Nothing. You? you know, if you don't want to no, do no, this... No, 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 I want to. I mean, you went to all the trouble to pick out the skates. I know you don't just jump into these things lightly. I'm sure you thought and thought and thought about it, didn't you? Maybe I'll get her some flowers. Maybe I'll get her some candy. Maybe some earrings. Maybe a brooch. Maybe a bracelet. How about a penoir? No, I think skates. <laughs> okay, first of all, I don't know what a penoir is. <laughs> what difference does it make? It wasn't right, so why go through with it? Sometimes you think you found the right thing. It turns out not to be the right thing. I mean, it happens. I understand. I had doubts myself. What the hell are you talking about? Let's skate, okay? The list of things that... Yes. She could have gotten right is tough to listen to. Uh huh. And she says she mentions a uh, a peignoir. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's a nightgown. Yes, I looked it up. Oh, I had to, yeah. Did you just know? I'm a man of the world. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> because they used the term in the nanny. Is that where you got it? From? Yeah. So I learned it when That's I was a kid. That's so funny. Yeah. CC CC uses the word. That I love that. That's great. <laughs> Charles Shaughnessy saves the day again. <laughs> Yeah, of course, it takes a Brit on a sitcom to teach me a word. There you go. <laughs> so as they're skating, Jamie says, I feel like a fat glob. Yeah, this was As Crazy is playing. And uh, yeah, here we go. You okay? I feel like a big fat glob. Okay, everybody's a big fat glob. Look around, all you see, big fat glob swirling. Oh, what? Uh, what is that song? I don't know. I have a hat on. No, isn't that that's, that's, that's the song? That's whoa. So his dream was about the future. Yeah, I feel like this happens a lot on TV. In, in, in this is a big time trope alert. I feel like this happens yes. several times. Trope alert. On, this happens several times in this show. I think. Oh, maybe yeah. It feels familiar. Well, if it's just that, then that's not really a trope. Look, it happens in a lot of different places. Okay, then yeah, trope. But also, it, it's a double trope. Well, don't, oh, don't go sounding that alarm willy-nilly. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Pell-mell. Yeah. <laughs> trope alert. <laughs> yeah, so Paul hears crazy. He says, that's the song. And then a skater splits Paul and Jamie, and he reaches out, and he finds her. I think they sped the tape up a little bit there. Did you notice that? Just like when he was like... When he's sort of in a daze, because he's... Yes, yeah. and he's wobbling along to try to... Oh, I see. You know, get his grounding. I don't know. I believe you. I feel like they ticked it up just a little bit. I don't bit. know if I noticed, really. It looks funny fair. to me. It was funny to yeah. watch him flail. Sure. And from there, I'm not... Are we still at Rockefeller Center here? Or do yeah. you think we're just at random ice skating rink? Oh, I don't know. Ask the NYU got to ask him. <laughs> I have because no idea. we go to a series of over the shoulder shots here. Oh, you think of, they did that? They faked it? I think they yeah, did. I well, I, either, they may have either faked it or they did it because they only had one camera to shoot with out in Rockefeller Center. NBC? Uh, uh, that's fair. It reminded me of when Harry their McSally. offices, basically. <laughs> that's true. It's right downstairs. <laughs> They're at 30 Rock. We only have one camera for the building. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check it out on the 80th floor. <laughs> Make sure you have it back by midnight. Sorry, we can't. Wings is shooting right now. <laughs> Check in with Don at the front desk. <laughs> but yeah, it reminded me of when Harry met Sally, these shots. 
And maybe oh. it's because it felt like the New Year's New Year's Eve scene. Yeah, sure. With it had to be you and the you know right. the, the whole you know when you meet the person you want to spend the rest yeah. of your life with thing. It felt very much like that to me. Okay, you know what I wrote, and, uh, which is funny in contrast to what you said. What's that? I said it felt like an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, he gets that guy's hanging on him. Yeah. The skater, like, grabs him to, for stability yes. and skates him away. And then it, Paul's so flustered, he just goes for it. And it's like, will you marry me? Yeah. And Let's then, listen to it. Oh, yeah. Hi. Wow. What's the matter? I thought I lost something there for a second. What? You. Oh. I want to ask you something. Really? I just feel so dumb, you know, you know? I think I know. Okay, here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think you and I should, we should, we should just, just, you know, we should. Okay. What? I think you and I should, we should. Jamie, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Will you marry me? Yes! Yes? Yeah, so when Paul's flailing and then he skates back to her, the dude falls really hard behind them, which felt <laughs> out of salary. And then there's yes. this great shot of the two of them skating into each other's arms, but because of depth, they skate right past each other. It's a weird one. <laughs> and that felt very Adam Sandler to that me, too. That feels just very stupid. Adam Sandler. Yeah. I'm like, that, yes, that is so strange. Yeah. It's, just... it's a goof. It is a goof. We cut back to today vis-a-vis -vis the spinning person. Paul and Jamie are standing at the top of the stairs deciding whether or not they're going to skate. Mm -hmm. They kiss. Mm -hmm. And Paul says, so we'll skate. And uh, that's the end of the episode proper. Yeah. Yeah, then we get a tag, and it's fun. You like it? Oh, I love it. It's nice, huh? It's beautiful. It's real. I know. <laughs> yeah, Jamie tests the diamond ring on the window the way I tested it on the glass yeah. desk. It's very funny. It's very fun. I loved I loved Paul yelling from off camera. It's real. Yeah. It sounds this like is, he's a million m miles away. It was very funny. This is a very good episode. And yeah. also, you know, they really pack it in. Yeah. This is 22 minutes. It feels like a movie almost. It does. There's like, there's a lot, a lot a lot going on. Yeah. A lot of time, a lot of big events, yeah. a lot of yeah. There's, there's a lot a, of scenes, a lot of laughs. I mean, it's uh, a very full arc. Yeah. It's if, great. Yeah, it's if you threw arc. this episode in the East River, it would sink. That's how dense it is. <laughs> That's how dense? Yeah. Oh boy. It's a sinker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's an East so... River anchor. <laughs> So this time around, we did something we haven't done before. We asked you folks, the Rise Guys and Rise Gals of America. And the world. And the world and the world. Absolutely. I caught myself. If you had any questions for us. Yeah, because about... we rarely record. Usually we try to have at least a week ahead. Okay. A little peek behind right. the curtain. Yeah. We don't fly by the seat of our pants. Right. And you know when we do because we miss a week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then come up with a reason <laughs> to have a, a fake episode. Absolutely. Which are always fun, though. Yeah. We hope. 
But <laughs> this episode's recording Saturday and dropping Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, why not Turn have a little fun square. with the spontaneity? Yeah. So uh, we took some questions from you folks. We thank people for submitting them. Mr. Mike Sains had a Stranger Things related question. Oh, now, I didn't read that one because I haven't watched it yet. Great. I'm going to summarize this and try to keep spoilers out of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mike, I hope that's okay. The Hey, Mike. And also, it better be. <laughs> Thanks to everybody for submitting. And to it would Mike, be really it, funny if Mike was pissed. Uh, <laughs> he was like, you know what? It's not okay. <laughs> Mike's question generally is so Paul Reiser is in the second season. Yes. Of Stranger Things. Basically, his question is if they were to have Helen Hunt and other Mad About You people in the show. And turn it into a mini Mad About You reunion. Yes. Would that be something that would be welcomed by us? Would that be something that would feel too pandering? By you and or me? Just the... Yeah. I gotta say, Russ, I didn't read the blurb except for the part before it says there's a spoilers in this question. Uh-huh. You did a very impressive job of distilling that question down to a specific but abstract idea. Well, uh, I am gearing up to work for TV Guide. So. <laughs> Uh, I got some, I got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think if Helen Hunt and or other folks? Were I don't on... think it would be welcomed by those picky nerds. <laughs> 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 Is that what you mean? Yeah. Would you like to see it? No. Any pop culture thing I think is proven now. If you set up a world, you do not mess with it. If you set up a world, people like you cannot touch it. Well, here's the thing: is that so much of Stranger Things. Oh, is throwback. Is, yes, You're and right. is nostalgia. But it's um, the wrong era. It is. If they did a My it, Dude it for me. casting stunt, then... Well, you know, having having Paul Reiser in Stranger Things in and of itself Because of Aliens. Because of Aliens, yes. Right. So that's nostalgic to that and the throwback true. to that. And, you know, Sean Astin is also in the second season What's of he from? Stranger Things. Goonies? He's from Goonies, yeah. Oh, I nailed it. Never saw it. Nailed you it. did? Great work. So, yeah, so... It would feel a little bit strange. Frankly, I would love to see Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt in a scene together, do some stuff together. Yeah. But I don't even know if it would feel like a reunion. It might feel just like, oh, yeah, they're in this again. You know yeah, what I mean? especially because they're both such good actors. That is true. That is true. Mike, I hope we answered your question well. Adam Gutbazal asks... Hi, Adam, by the way. He asks, hey, Adam. is the you're lucky to have each other trope just lazy writing? No. Is it an attempt to tie a bow on the episode? Yes. Is it intentional because it's said so often? Yes. Great. Next. Ask an answer. <laughs> I don't think it's lazy writing. They're not lazy writers. Yeah, I... You're asking the I wrong also, guy. I respect <laughs> almost all writers. I don't think it's lazy either, but I do think it's... Oh, I'm trying to think of the right words. I'm trying to think... I yeah. might think it's lazy... I, I might think, think it's lazy yeah, writing. I, you do, because... I know the hole you're trying to dig yourself out of it. It's impossible. The words yeah. going through your head now are like uh, uncreative, very straightforward, unimaginative. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's very good, John. Yeah, I know. Holy moly. <laughs> I feel like they could do more to say it or they, they could do more. Um, I don't in those think it's a thing that we would have noticed if we watched this in real life. I think you're also probably right. And that's why it's not. It's just, you know. Yeah. We look for patterns in a way that people who watch television don't. Right. That's the whole premise of this stupid thing. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, like you've said, it's like full house without the full house. Yeah. Or full house without the music. Well, it's full house for adults. 
Yeah, Full House for adults. Yeah. In Full House, it always feels hackneyed and laid on and it feels lazy because you also get like you get the timing where it happens at the same time every episode yeah but that's also like you a get family slash kids show so it's like yes. that works for that that's true too Listen, so you're, you're saying not Adam, even you're the, asking the wrong guy <laughs> you're saying not even the full house writers are lazy writers no i i'm They're telling you I don't, I don't like i don't like the term lazy writing okay if you're well, doing it for uh, a living you're a hard worker i like that good point good point the unimaginative better <laughs> okay <laughs> just to clarify the only writer i don't like hitler thumbs down yeah a firm thumbs down wait i remember i'll never forget one of my favorite things that i've seen my mother do in public uh -oh. was we were at a bookstore and i was like i don't know in middle school or high school uh -huh. and she just saw mein Kampf on the shelf yeah <laughs> and she picked it up and turned it around so that the cover was facing the shelf that's really great. Such a small, beautiful <laughs> protest. Friend of the show and girlfriend of the Russ, Jennifer Leeson, asked... Thank God you don't you... call yourself the Russ in real no, life. That, right? <laughs> Oof. Oh, boy, oh, boy. He thinks he was cool in the 90s. <laughs> what would you do on your own best Paul and Jamie weekend day or your best Mark and Fran weekend day? Those are two questions. I mean, well, one of the funny patterns is it's surprising, right? Well, we've established we've that. Yeah. We've established that Paul and Jamie on their weekend are the boring times, ones. Yeah. They stay in. They they kick around. Even though they seem like they should be the more fun ones. Right. And when I say fun or boring, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not uh, necessarily boring to stay in, but. Extroverted, outgoing, out and about. Great. Oh, great, yeah. Russ. Yeah. Not lazy. We're not going to say lazy. No, we're not. <laughs> I think almost all so, characters, yeah. if they exist in the universe, they're not lazy. <laughs> they're not lazy. <laughs> they got there, right? Yeah. So, so um, whereas Mark and Fran, they are the ones who are jet setters, except without a jet. Yes. So what would your, what yeah, what's your, your, ideal, your ideal Mark and Fran day? It would involve... I mean, I've had these in California. A perfect out day starts with fun food and route to a destination yep. and a coffee. Yes, and I like that. ends with a late night movie at a movie theater. Nice. And just has chock full, is chock full of like destinations or something in the middle. Is there um, any, Museums, any, kind, of, any kind of food or any kind of movie? Yes, there's usually one fun meal in the middle. Okay. The movie at night has to be fun. You like don't go to Detroit. You go to like <laughs> you go to like you know. Uh, right. I, the one I'm thinking of, we saw Girls Girls Night. Is that the one with the bachelorette party? Yes, I believe. Yeah, so. I saw that at the end of a really long day of fun, and it was a perfect cherry on the it end great. of Sunday. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I probably gonna sleep in. Oh. Although there's some there's a lot to be said. You sound for a little more up. like Paul and Jamie than Mark and Fran. Well, look, I'm. Are you gonna sleep in with a five year old? <laughs> Oh, that's true. Especially that monster. I'll revise. I'll revise. I'm up early. Well, you're gonna be exhausted. I love it. You know. <laughs> uh, well, we go get brunch. Okay. There's yeah. There's brunch in the middle. Maybe a baseball game. Oh, good one. And you have baseball food at the ballpark. Mm -hmm. So it's a day game. Mm -hmm. 
a concert on the Lower East Side at night. Ah. And uh, after all of that, I'm thinking specifically, there's like some places that there's Rockwood Music Hall down in the Lower East Side, which is a great little club. And then right around the corner, there is a place called the Crapery, where they have all sorts of different yes. crepes. And it's a really nice, fun way to just be like, I'm I'm going to, you know, I've done this. And then right around the corner, going to get some late night dessert crepes. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way to, to top off a Mark and Fran day. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. Paul and Jamie. Paul and Jamie is Netflix top to bottom. I kind of did a Paul and Jamie day recently. Yeah. Where like I had busted my butt and done a ton of work and schlepping and cleaning and, and <laughs> stuff throughout the prior the prior week, week and a half. And then on Sunday, we just had nothing to do. Yeah. So it was just like, it was like, great. I'm And lots of times I'd like call or I'd go out and, and get food and bring it home or we'd make something. Yeah. I was like, we are calling, we are doing Uber Eats. We are having people bring great. food to us. Good for you. Period. It was like, oh, Pizzeria Uno. Great. Fantastic. Ew, are you kidding me? No. Don't you uh, judge me. Don't I? I'm not judging you. I'm judging them. Yeah, but I ate it. I'm the reason that we're free. Well, then you're <laughs> getting implicitly judged by explicitly <laughs> judging Pizzeria Uno. I didn't tell you to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I liked it. Let's uh, let's hope that you. Uh, th- it was a really nice day, and I didn't leave the house, and we watched a ton of Netflix. That's and it was nice. a blast. Yeah, Paul is a very Netflix and chill guy for sure. Paul Buckman would love Netflix. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It would it would change the entire yeah show. the whole show it's would probably be different. Why, yeah, <laughs> it's probably why they haven't done a, a reboot because it's just like, well, I don't see why he wouldn't just watch old movies yeah. on his couch in a universe <laughs> where Netflix exists. The yeah. show doesn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix and Hulu. How about you? Oh, it would have to involve something going on outside that is keeping us prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Jamie, I think. Yeah, how so? I like to do stuff. So you can't even posit this. I I can posit a day every now and then, but at the end oh, of that okay. day, I feel I'm like a, trash. I'm asking you to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what? I will. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I guess it evolved. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Can I go out? I'm going to go out for coffee first. Okay. So it starts off with being out. Your your day in starts out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> coffee and a paper. <laughs> Bring it back. Ooh, and then maybe a back-to-back movie. <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah, double feature and film for him. And then, uh, <laughs> let's see. And then maybe Dinner a flight in the village. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm spending the rest of the night in. <laughs> I think binge watching an entire season of something. Yeah. But every time I try that, I get a little bored after a few, you know? So, because you can only digest so much television. You got to work on the shows that you're watching. There's a board game involved at some point, I think. Oh, that's fun. There's reading to each other I like doing. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a puzzle, probably. Nice. Oh, and you know what's fun? Like internet exploring. Sure. You know, falling down a little rabbit hole together. Yeah. Is that the two of you looking at the same thing? Probably not initially, but then one of the one of the something that someone finds usually captures both attentions, right? That's nice. I like that addendum because I also just, oh, you know what my favorite thing to do when you're with a person and spending a day in is you look at your computer and they look at their computer and you just don't talk to each well, other. Well, yeah, for a no, no. Time. It's got to lead to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like planning like a it. fake trip that you're never going to take. Oh, that's sweet. I like it. We should go out sometime. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like crepes. <laughs> that's not true. I love crepes. Right? They're the best. Yeah. I don't like music. Right? 
<laughs> that is true. <laughs> and that makes no sense. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, Rise Guys and Rise Gals, we hope that you had fun. We had fun. Well, we broke the two-hour mark. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if that um, yeah, our is listenership the way that this plummets goes. this week. <laughs> we have an online presence. Uh, we, you can tweet at us at MadAboutYouPod. Find us on Facebook. Please like, rate, and review us on iTunes, which is currently called Apple Podcasts, as well as Stitcher. Tune in. All the mm-hmm. all, we're on all the platforms. And also, we joked about this. I think I really want people to do it. And by saying that, I'm setting myself up for disappointment. Okay. I would like nothing more than for people to actually videotape themselves, opening their windows, (laughs) and yelling, I'm mad about, mad about you as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, aren't you people fed up? Aren't you sick of it? (laughs) Aren't you tired? Rise guys and rise gals. This would be the best. It's a reference to the movie Network, and it would be fantastic to get even one video. Even one would one video would be the most exhilarating moment of our lives. So we want to see you opening your windows. I want you to go to your window. Right I now. Get to... up there. <laughs> I want you to open throw it open. <laughs> Stick your head out and yell. I'm, I'm mad, mad about, about, mad about, mad you, about as you as hell. hell and, and I'm, I'm not, not going to take, take it, it anymore. anymore. Go on. <laughs> Go, go to your windows right now. <laughs> so please do that. If you, for this week and this week only, I'll say I would rather have you do that than rate and review. Aren't you sick of the trash? The recaps of other shows. The host not saying things you're expecting him to say. Topics not being covered the way you want to be covered. Go to that window. Go now. Seize the moment. <laughs> so please do that. It'll be great. You can find me. No allowances on... in the new tax bill for podcast hosts. <laughs> Oh man! See, we're we said we're doing this on Saturday. It's going out on Wednesday, baby. <laughs> yeah, very topical. Also, so, send yes. us uh, questions. Uh, that doesn't yeah. have to be the week we get. You know, like, that is true. We'll take any fun. questions yeah, and we'll answer take... them all the time. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, like communication. <laughs> you say you love us. You never call. You never write. I never hear from you. <laughs> you can tweet at me at Russ Fader, R U S S F E D E R, and I'm at Johnny Marbles with no H. Wonderful. Uh, and yeah, go ahead. What were we going to say? No, nothing. Great. Let's do well, our credits. <laughs> let's do it. We've got a theme song. It sounds like this. It's by John D. Ivy, who's wonderful. Thank you so much for this, John. And we've got a logo, which was designed by Nathan Diffie, who is on Twitter at Nathan D-I-F-F-E-E. Thank you very much, Nathan. And our sound has been mixed by Mr. Vuk Ivanovich. Thank you, Thank Vuk. you, Vuk. And that's about it. John, you have fun? Yeah. Good. Me too. I'm going to go out now. Great. I'm going to stay in. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> rise, guys. Rise, gals. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Russ Fader. And I'm Johnny Marbles. Er, whoa. <laughs> John, this is now the second time you screwed up your name. <laughs> and... This This is is what what we're we're saying. saying.